listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Have you ever seen a crocodile sit in the truck, turn around and sit it down, and let him bite your butt? See, the steering wheel is Fendi, the dashboard are money, with your baby mama player is where ye can find me. That's Scottish for, for, for the people that didn't know. Derek. <laughs> that got me on my easy E phone. Uh, cruising through the parking lot on 24s, Cadillac Escalade with chromed out nose with a navigation arrow pointed right at your spot where your wife really loved me because the sex is so hot. See, I actually want to do that like Easy E because, you know, cruising down the block on the 24s, jacking the bitches, slapping the hoes, but, you know. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Black Out Tips podcast. Your host Rod and Karen. And uh looks like we got um some two new guests. Well, no, one new guest yes. and one old guest. Yes. Something borrowed, something new. Um if you recognize the first voice, then I don't know how you recognize it cuz he was talking with an accent. I know. That is not how he always talks, but if you listen no. to uh All Balls Don't Bounce That's right. podcast, uh you can go to allballsdon'tbounce.com or you can go to Podomatic and search for All Balls Don't Bounce. Uh it's a great podcast that he does with Will Wall Street Strickland. Um and of course he uh Dwayne Sweets Watson. Uh, <laughs> I always want to be like Brooklyn's own Dwayne Sweets Watson. Uh, it's your man, none other than Morgan P. Campbell. Where the P stands for what, Karen? It stands for Pimpin'. What's up, Morgan? 
man, I'm good. The P also stands for penthouse because that's where I am. Um, the P could also stand for depends because there's a lot of old people in this penthouse and a lot of them be wearing them diapers, adult diapers, but I'm good. <laughs> Who did you pick in the fight yesterday, man? Oh, I picked uh, Klitschko. <sighs> Try to tell people, man. First of all, you can't ever pick a fighter again that looks like when a cele- when, when a fighter celebrity lookalikes are um, Craig David, Omarion, and Shamar Moore. <laughs> pick that guy. <laughs> out here picking David Hayes just because he talks a good game. Well, that's that's why I say uh, the P also stands for uh, pugilist prognosticator. Yeah, I forgot about that. Because yeah. you already you knew what was gonna happen. Oh, that that wasn't a tough one to predict, honestly. People get swayed by that David Hay talk, and it shouldn't have been. And uh, of course, the other voice is new to you. If you haven't listened to uh, his podcast, or you didn't listen to the Tangent Show that I was on with uh, Big Pimp South Florida, Scarfinger. Uh, Scarfinger was on it. Phenom Black was on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Pimp, of course, was on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Prophet was on it. Yes, two hundred nine. Just a bunch of talkative motherfuckers, and um. It, it like they told me it would only take an hour, and I think it took like two and a half hours. It was crazy. I looked on Twitter later, and they were still tweeting, talking about being on Skype. I was like, it's fucking one in the morning. But uh, I say all that to say this: uh, say what's up to Derek, aka Rashani, of the single simulcast uh, podcast. Uh, what's up, man? Man, nothing much, and uh, thanks for having me on. Um been listening to y'all for a while it's nice to actually sit down and talk which is what i can do um <laughs> single simulcast for those of y'all who are just tuning in they're like who the fuck is this dude i mean i know karen and i know morgan and rod you know he's on the morning jones and all of that but for all y'all who are just coming in neophytes as it is i'm the talkative bastard in the back of the church who when the pastor stops talking i'm like say it again preach <laughs> I do yeah, a podcast. You... I do a podcast. It's a solo show that still runs for two hours. So let's just put it like that. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah, you well, don't want people get a side eye too. Like, nigga, shut up. Exactly. Don't encourage him. And that's why I did a podcast. You know what, though, Karen? I'm not that nigga. You know, there's that nigga who uh, you go to a company training or something like that, and you could be getting out of there like an hour early, so everybody's excited to go to the company training. Yes. Except there's that one nigga in the back who raised his hand when the teacher's like, is there anything else? If there's nothing else, we can go. And he raises his hand, and he's like, can you repeat the first thing you said all over again? Because I didn't understand it. I'm not that nigga. <laughs> you took the words out of my brain. Like, that's the exact joke I was about to make. Cause I hate that motherfucker. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand Excel. I know that this is an Excel class, yeah. but can I get a little bit of extra one on one? I'm not that dude. I'm the one who um, I do like parody songs and basically like y'all do the news. I do just random thoughts. Like um, for instance, a few episodes ago, I was like, um, if Prince, if you could go back in time to 1991 and talk to your previous self without breaking the space-time continuum or wherever the fuck, um, and you could ask them a question. Back in 1991, if you could choose between Prince, Michael Jackson, and R. Kelly, you would never, you, you would think that Michael Jackson and R. Kelly would be safe, but Prince would be the one to touch a boy. You know, because that was back when he was on the no-butt jeans and shit like that. <laughs> High heels, yes, sir. Exactly. That was, you know, back when he was wearing a yellow and he was like, am I black or white? Am I straight? And before he even got to the next part, folks were like, nigga, you gay. And <laughs> so, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I talk about. I also do parody songs. I did a um, 
song in the last episode called Rolling in His Sleep um, about my son Devin and how he just falls out of bed for no reason whatsoever. And it was to the Adele's Rolling in the Deep song. So, you know, it's a good time. It's it's fun and games. And I have this drama uh, that comes on every other episode called Sin and Solace. Uh, and Adjective J, shouts out to him, was in the last episode and I killed him. So that was nice. But, you know, it, it's just fun and games for me. Now, you, do you do the drama all by yourself, write, produce, and perform? I write it, I produce it, I perform the uh, lead role, which is uh, Jeremiah Sinclair. His name is Sin. And then he has a sidekick named uh, Trevor Solace Salento, uh, whose nickname, again, is Solace. And I perform both of theirs. Um, Solace is more of the comic relief. Uh, I actually thought of him as Ninja Ninja uh, from... Amri, Afro Samurai Amri. so um, I'm having a lot of fun with it um, writing that out seems to take like a week or so because I have to get into a mindset where I scare everybody around me the white folks in my job are like oh he he's he's, he's in that killer mode again let's not go around him um, but you know it's a lot of fun I get guests from Twitter to come on that's the only guest spots I really have is when they come on there to perform a role like Rod, or, uh, Rod I had a idea for you that i want to talk about later um because right. everybody everybody gets it but um you know I, I just want folks to come on there and really interact and enjoy that and i'm thinking that at some point i'll take that further but right now it's just a really good show where it's about a 20 minute uh serial that comes every other episode and it's it's really something interesting to look at it started on episode seven and i've been continuing it on and see, I'm doing like I do on my show. Shut the fuck up, Derek. <laughs> well, uh, first of all, let me just say that, that I think that's very creative uh, to do all that, man. Especially by yourself. Like, yes. I would never want to do a podcast all by myself. This is fucking, I don't know. The idea is horrific to me. Like, I, I, I need other people in the room to bounce off of uh, for the chemistry and whatnot. That's actually um, one of the things I really like about All Balls Don't Bounce. Um Morgan's podcast. Um, now, Morgan, had your podcast started the last time you were on the show, or you were just kicking around the idea? Oh, now we had just started because I remember we did the first episode um, with uh, with the built-in mic on the Macintosh, and then I had to go out and get this external mic, and then uh, my my Yeti mic virginity I actually gave to you guys, and you guys were very <laughs> gentle and, and 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 sensitive afterwards, and I appreciate that. I'll always remember you. No problem, man. Thank no you. No problem. We don't like to leave people angry and upset. No. But um, <laughs> we're real good at that. We get a lot of burdens on this podcast, don't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have anyone on, you know? Yes. We're like the the high school quarterback. I'm gonna fuck anything moving. Um, <laughs> but you guys are, uh, but but uh, you guys are really hitting your stride over there, man. And um, I know I listen every week, man. You guys are good, and I you're actually uh starting to break ground with documentaries and shit yes. man Tell, how, how'd you guys get into the actual film festivals and I, you guys are going out having speaking engagements like, I know I like were these, doing it big were these things you guys were already doing or, or were these things uh, that you're specifically doing uh, now that you have the podcast what people um, people have to remember is that All Balls Don't Bounce isn't just a podcast the podcast is part of what we do as a sports and entertainment media content collective right so each of us kind of has our own gigs um, and our own and our own lives our own careers and then we come together and create this uh, so the podcast is part of it the All Balls Don't Bounce presents which is where we do the film screenings that's part of it so in April we did uh, not just the game with Dave Zirin Dave Zirin 
who does the edge of sports um we brought him to toronto to screen his documentary as part of the real world film festival and then just this past week we did um out the glenn burke story which is a documentary um it aired first on uh comcast sportsnet in the bay area it's the story of uh, the only openly gay player in the history of uh, major league baseball a guy named glenn burke who grew up in Berkeley and then wound up playing for the Dodgers uh, in the 70s and also for the the A's. So we do stuff like that. We have the podcast. Um, we have the website. And again, each of us kind of does our own work, obviously, because we got to get the bills paid and, and all balls don't bounce, even though it's fun. Don't pay the bills. Um, and we go from there and just we're trying to see uh, where we can take it. But we, we've definitely just noticed, especially where we live in Toronto, so much of the hockey, so much of the sports coverage is so hockey centric. Um, and so centered on just like uh, the games, you know, and the trades and free agency and the stuff that happens on the field. Uh, but, you know, we notice that there's a big appetite for, for sports coverage. It goes beyond hockey and it also goes beyond, you know, what happens on the field. And there's there's an appetite for, you know, again, what we try to provide on our sports, on our podcast, which is um, smart, funny, honest sports talk from some from from people that really know really know the score so you know we notice an appetite for that and we do our best to uh satisfy it and it's uh, also white centric so you guys actually have the leg up there too because you you know you got three people of color talking about sports which i think adds lends a different perspective from most of what you hear on the radio about sports yeah up here uh in toronto definitely um yeah, because there, there are not, when I think of the sports radio landscape up here, uh, I can't think of a black person that's on the air regularly outside of Bomani, um, and he is based in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of like the local, local media, no. And um, it's it, 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 it definitely, you know, where, especially if, again, what you've grown up with, is kind of uh, the white Anglo male perspective on sports. So whatever is important to this group of white Anglo males automatically has to be important to the most diverse city in North America. Um, you know, the storyteller and the audience, they don't match and their priorities don't match. Um, whereas we all come from a younger generation where we move a lot more easily across uh, cultural lines. So even all three of us are different, are African Canadian. We're all different types of African Canadian, right? Like Dwayne is the, he's more the, the, he's more typical of what you see around here. He's first generation Caribbean Canadian. Me, I'm first generation Afro American Canadian. My folks are from Chicago. And then Will is the original American Canadian because he grew up, uh, in Detroit and in New York, uh, and in Houston and now lives in Toronto. Um, and that plus the fact that, you know, we've actually played sports, all these things, um, Plus the cultural sensitivities and plus the fact that, you know, each of us, we kind of read widely and we read beyond sports, um, you know, and in, in our day to day lives, too, we get, we take the time to get to know athletes as, as human beings with stories as opposed to just uh, quote machines that that will spew uh, spew platitudes when we press a button. Um, all these things together come, you know, they really inform our work as individuals and also what we do is all balls don't bounce. Now that's a great answer, but I feel like Sasha's gonna feel slighted after hearing that. Because <laughs> <laughs> Sasha Cargo be on the radio regularly too, and he black and he from Canada. That Shout out to Sasha. Um, all right, man. And um, uh, I, I have one more question for Rashani. Hey, um, now are you affiliated at all with the Gamers Gone Raw collective that they have about video games and podcasting and whatnot, or are you just like, did you just kind of end up on the fringe and just? That's just a cool group of people that you podcast with from time to time. 
Well, I do want to say a healthy and hearty shout out to all of them because, hey, they are a great group of folks. But at this point in time, um, when I started doing the single simulcast, I didn't know anybody. Um, I had actually started in the video game side and was like, you know what? I need to express myself so you know i um <laughs> paid the money and did my own show and then i was like you know what i have fuck all as far as friends on twitter who will listen to my show um and i ran into a guy named Stuart who does a show called from page to screen and from there i met pimp who introduced me to the geese gone raw collective um now the cool thing about it is that they were each willing to have me on their show and i mean some of them the shows that we did ended up being bang out hilarious like the geeks with color episode that i was just on was just like fucking awesome um so i'm not affiliated with them per se but if they needed my if they need my help you know i'm one of those cats who if you're a good person and i'm feeling your style i'll support you you know i'm loyal to you um but at the same time i'm one of those uh folks who look at podcasting like um grand theft auto part three um in that Whenever I get done talking with one group, the next group pops up like, hey, man, now we need your help. And it's like, OK, who do you need me to kill? So I'm kind of like <laughs> I'm kind of like a podcast mercenary um, as far as the single simulcast. But I have a lot of friends and a lot of um, folks who I'm really down with who really are helpful. And um, actually, while I got you, thank you again for you know your assistance what you said uh when you read my letter uh on the feedback show because i really did take that and i utilized it so you're huh. like the guy who calls me on the cell phone just randomly like hey man you need to get a splitter and this and that and i'm like okay cool and then you know scar will call me up and be like go merc this person i'm like i'm down for that <laughs> well no problem man uh we're always trying to help people out man because i think the more good podcast the better yep, yep. Uh, and i really do believe that the shitty podcast just fall through the cracks so i don't really can worry about i don't even see it as competition everybody's mm-hmm. just filling their own lane mm-hmm. um speaking of filling the lanes uh rick uh from the filling the lanes podcast was trying to be here he wasn't able to make it due to technical difficulties with the hotel wi-fi so we're going to try to get him on on another show yep, yep. but definitely wanted to shout it out for people who were expecting him yep. to be on here yes. and instead they got rashani and they was like fuck no i'm just joking <laughs> <laughs> like, who is were. this dude Nah. They were like, hey, I looked him up on, on, on Google, and it's an Indian folk dancing female. I don't want to hear that old shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. First of all, let's do all the business. Um, this is the Black Tips Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Facebook, and Podomatic or Stitcher Radio. Just search for the Black Guy Who Tips. Our podcast will come up. Uh, hell, Google us if you want to. Um, you can always go to theblackguywhotips.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you can donate to the show. You can do recurring donations. You can uh, uh, you can look at our forums. You can read our blogs. You can join the forums with your Twitter account. Uh, we appreciate the people who have, take out the time to do that. Um, you can vote on our polls. On each episode, we have a poll for you to vote on, and you can leave comments. Yes, you can. And a lot of people have been doing that. Yes, they have. I've been causing a lot of shit, apparently, with some of my poll questions. Um, and of course, we're all on Twitter. I'm at Roderick's Prime. I'm say that again. That is a D A T. Rashani, what's your Twitter? My Twitter is at Rashani, R A S H A N I I. And Morgan? I'm uh, at Morgan P. Campbell. That's right. 
You don't even have to say what the P stands for when you type it in on Twitter. It can mean whatever you want it to mean. It means whatever you prolific need. podcaster. Exactly. <laughs> Proli- prolific plugger of podcasts as well. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, you can email the show, theblackguywhotips at gmail.com. Uh, and you can call the show 704-557-0186. Leave us a voicemail. We appreciate those and we respond to those on the live show on Saturday mornings. Uh, the official weapon of the show is the taser. And the unofficial sport is bullet ball. And bullet ball extreme. Mm-hmm. And we have a sponsor today. Woo-hoo! Today's podcast is sponsored by Shadow Dog Productions. Of course, who else would it be? Yes, sir. They're always the sponsor. They're great. Yes, they are. They give us money and I love them. Uh, usually we're asking for your money. This is Shadow Dog saying that to y'all guys. But today, we're offering you money. God damn! Wow. Do you see what this man goes through? He is giving you money. I, I tell him this is not how you run a business, but he doesn't care. No. I, I, I tell Dexter, it's, I don't know how what his books look like. Hopefully the IRS isn't getting wind of this. I um, hope not. If you have a talent that we need, so that's a big if. Because some of y'all are going to hit them up and y'all don't have talent. No, y'all suck. Y'all just want the money. Yes. Which is pretty much how, just like how Rashard Lewis got his contract. Yes, Yes. Um, he has an eye for talent, so if you suck, he'll let you know. We're in pre-production for our next comedy feature film, Dirt Cheap Therapy, which will be shot in August. It's only a month from now, Karen. Yes, it is. Uh, We're looking for actors and stand-up comedians for our upcoming auditions. We're also looking for indie music artists in all genres. Ooh, that's right. So we got people. I know a lot of people make music to listen to the show. Mm-hmm. I know there's at least a couple stand-up comedians that have even been on the show. Yes, it is. Um, so anybody. Also, if you have film crew experience. So there's a lot of people who film like amateur sex yeah, tapes. Boomites. You know, you got to yeah. get the lighting right. You guys know what he needs. Yes, sir. To apply, send your resume to shadowdogproductions at gmail.com. For more news on this and other projects, you can always follow us on Twitter. There's shadowdogprod, all one word. Uh, or visit their website, shadowdogproductions.com. And I'll have links to this up on the website after the show. Yes. Um, and before you move on, yes, I, I'd like to say something. Go First ahead. of all, uh, I want everybody to know I fell out of the bed once. It was the most horrifying experience. It was by accident. I was sleeping and rolled a little bit too far, and next thing I know, I hit the ground. That never happened again. That's probably why I hold on to my bed extra tight because I love to sleep. I will never be separated from my bed again like that. What was this? Uh, was this recently? No, this is when I was a little kid. I only, okay. I only, it only happened once. I only happened. Happened once. I love my bed just too much. And he reminded me of that traumatizing experience when he was talking about his child. Mm-hmm. I've done that before. And number two, what is planking? Everybody Well, that's actually hey, somebody tell me that, please, Karen. I've been having the same everybody that, question. Well, the report, that's on the random thoughts and we will get to that I promise. Okay. Okay, because everybody been talking about that. I was like, what the hell is this? So random thoughts. Let's do them. Let's do them. Um, the first thing, I saw a sign uh, on this uh, in front of this church the other day. Okay. I was on my way uh, back to the house uh, from work, and I always pass by this church, but this time I actually read the sign, uh, and it said, finally, a liberal church. And yes, yes, I found, I found it. It took a long time. It took a few thousand years. Ah, but ah, finally, ah. finally, we have one. Um, but I was thinking, like, what's, why isn't there, why isn't church by definition already liberal? Like, what's more liberal 
than the teachings of Jesus Christ. Uh, you take care of the sick and the poor. You forego riches and leave a meek exi- live a meek existence. Um, be peaceful. Help your fellow man. Forgive people for their transgressions. Like, isn't church by definition already kind of liberal? Nah, we will. Let me first. Um, the opinions expressed here do not represent those of the Toronto Star <laughs> Corporation. Because it, it's kind of freaky because, like, you know, we get on these podcasts, and again, because we talked about it the first time, I'm like, damn, I can say whatever I want because nobody listens. Um, I had a scare at work the other day because we put on the film screening, um, and, like, so when the, when the press releases go out and stuff, like, I don't touch it because I want to, you know, avoid any any appearance of a conflict of interest. I don't want to just be running up on my friends and be like, yo, write about, our, write about my event. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it comes across this other reporter's desk. And he brings it to our boss, the sports editor, and he's like, "All balls don't bounce." That's Morgan Campbell's website. We're not writing about this. And I'm like, "Yo, my boss knows about all balls don't bounce." So I was kind of like, I was proud because my boss didn't even know. He's probably listening now. He's gonna be mad at me. But this dude didn't even know who Manny Pacquiao was. But he knows about. (laughs) (laughs) He's fuming now. I'm gonna get you, Campbell. But um, to your point, Rod. Uh, so again, that says, okay, people might be listening So again, I have to issue the disclaimer But to your point uh, The teachings of Jesus Christ And the teachings of any one church um, Don't always match Sometimes they're mutually exclusive uh, A mutually exclusive Set of ideas, so sometimes you do have to uh, Make the distinction and say Hey, this is the first liberal church Because um, yeah, you could go into a church full of conservatives and say, yeah, we love Jesus Christ. And you say, well, what if Jesus advocated, um, yeah, health care for the sick, uh, um, an equitable distribution of wealth. You know, these are pretty communist ideas uh, that wouldn't fly too far um, in a lot of conservative churches. So sometimes you do have to make that distinction between what Jesus taught and what the church teaches you. Yeah, that's kind of my point, man. Uh, Rashani, did you want to add to that? Yeah, I just want to say, and and the views and opinions stated by this nigga right here, (laughs) (laughs) this one over here in this corner, is backed up fully by single simulcast. If you got a problem, single simulcast at gmail.com. Come after me, bitches. Look, Jesus was the most liberal person back in them days. Everybody else is drinking water. He comes into the party and he's like, fuck that. We having some wine. <laughs> Jesus blessed and healed everybody, no matter what they were. So that's, you know what? I just, churches take everything that Jesus said. Look, in slavery days, they would say that in the Bible, black folks weren't equal and that slavery was in the Bible. Who the fuck? What? 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 So, you know, it's like you can lie to find whatever you want to find, but I know that in a black church, if I walked into a church wearing some khakis and a red t-shirt and some red shoes, them folks with the big ass hats is going to stare at me. I mean, my black church looks like the big hat club from I'm going to get you sucker, but they look at folks differently if they come in without the right clothes on. Now, that's not liberal. That's some conservative evil stuff. So every church should be liberal. But folks get into that holier-than-thou mode and just mess up the whole vibe. Yeah, that's kind of my point, is that uh, the teachers are already liberal. It just sounds really ironic for a church to be like, all right, we figured this shit out. (laughs) Took us a a few centuries, but I think we got it. You're actually supposed to love thy neighbor. Could you believe that? What it says right here, 
do not fuck your wife, uh, your, your friend's wife or husband. Yeah. I did not realize. Or, or their sons, Eddie Long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should not be just killing people willy-nilly. I, oh, my God. So, I, I don't know, man. It just seemed kind of funny to me, man. And then, like, of course, gay marriage um, or marriage equality, as the politically correct people say, passed uh, two weeks ago now. In New York. In New York. Um, it was they were Finally, gay people are able to be married. Uh, which of course will cause anarchy and send us all into gay marriages. I, I don't know what's gonna happen to me and Karen now. The marriage is being redefined. Well, you, yeah, you didn't know that. It's not that gay marriages are legal. Gay marriages are now mandatory. Yeah, right. I'm under. I feel, house. I feel what under attack. <laughs> by, by who? I, the I, gays, Karen. They're attacking us <laughs> everywhere. Look around you. Can't you see? They throwing glitter bombs at you. <laughs> <laughs> There's men marrying shade sheep. There's uh, it's gay people That's on TV. Evil. Lady Gaga is acceptable music. Things well, are going also, crazy. Dogs well, and cats. well, people have to protect the sanctity of marriage because clearly every heterosexual marriage is sanctified. Each of Hugh Hefner's eight weddings is something pure and unique and sacred. Exactly. Um, Halle Berry's three weddings and counting. All these things, the two crackheads that you see on the street who can go out and get a wedding license because they're of opposite sexes. Their marriage is therefore um, sanctified. Exactly. We got to protect that. I was watching The Bachelorette yesterday exactly. and uh, cheating on my wife with this white woman. And then I found out about gay ah. marriage and I was so upset. <laughs> it's like, this is bullshit, man. Y'all are fucking marriage up. It's something only I should be able to do and only Alicia Keys should be able to fuck up for other people. That's it. I mean, and let's just wait until let's let's wait a few months now. If you see that Perez Hilton fucked up uh, Neil Patrick Harris's marriage, then you know we can start looking down on them. But until then, let these motherfuckers have what they let let them get together and 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 really just do what they want to do. I mean, like, I just wonder. Go ahead, Karen. I'm sorry. No, that stuff already happens. It's just exactly for the fact that for heterosexual people, people want to beat each other up and things like that for it. But it happens in the gay community too. I mean, people's um, sexuality and them cheating don't change just because you have to be gay. Yeah, I, I just find it weird though because like, what do the people who go so hard against gay marriage on religious uh, basis like? What do they think is gonna happen when they get to heaven? Like. Do they think God's gonna be waiting for them at the pearly gates and be like, "So you let the gays get married, huh?" Well, I'm sorry, I can't let you in here. That, I mean, I know that I allow things to happen on Earth and I'm full total control of everything all the time. But, dude, did you really let gay marriage pass? Man, what happened? I'm telling you, you were about 92 percent of the way done. It was loading, loading. I was looking at your your status bar. You were right there. And then you fucking had to go marry Leroy and Elman. Now, <laughs> I'm good on everything else. I mean, I know you used to smoke the weed. That was for your cataracts pounded. But, dude, really? <laughs> really, those two? Purgatory. <laughs> now, that shit ain't even real. I just made that up for you. Purgatory. Now. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. R. Kelly, come on in. Like some, <laughs> Right. Some of the things that they go hard against. <laughs> It's just like, wow, you know, like Hugh Hefner is going to get to go to heaven because, you know, apparently he doesn't offend people as much as two gay people wanting to get married. That old ass man dating them 20-year-old girls, all they doing is changing his diapers and wiping his shit. Nobody's appalled by this but me. They're not even hot anymore. The latest chick, I was just like, really? No. Well, they're, they're, they're hot to him. 
Let's that's all that matters. It might not be hot to you, but hot to him. Because when you're exactly. 80, your standards change. Right. But the whole gay marriage issue, you got to give um, Republicans, conservatives, Tea Party people, give them credit for um, for their ability to mobilize large numbers of people um, to fight uh, against an issue that does not affect their lives at all. Yeah, and and these are the same people that actually have issues that in the same party is fighting against. So it's like, while you lost your job down at the car plant because they decided to outlaw unions in your state, you're out going, nah, fuck that, queers can't get married. It's like, what? And it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you at all. If you're straight, like, what does it matter? But yeah, you can get this guy up off his couch and out to a rally to tell some other group of people that they can't have something, even though this doesn't affect anybody's life at all, but they're able to do this like over and over and over again. You and know, I, it's a talent. It's a skill. There, there's this movie called The Prestige, um, where they show that when you do a magic trick, you're supposed to do some sort of diversion so then they're not looking at the fucking fuckery that's happening behind the scenes. Gay marriage is a, is a prestige. That's it. There's so much stuff going on in the world right now that they're like, you know what? We can't fix the economy. Jobs aren't developing. Housing market is blowing up. That dude wants to fuck that dude in the ass. Oh, my God. We got it. Okay. (laughs) We're going over here in like 10 minutes, and we're going to knock on his door. Look, Joe, I know that we hang out sometimes, and we play ball together and everything. Don't take this the wrong way, but elections are coming up. So I think that what you do now is gross. Um, yesterday, I know I said I was cool with it. We was fucking around. We was drinking the malt liquor. I, I, now it's gross. So you need to stop doing that or pack your shit and go to fucking Africa. Oh, you're white. Go to fucking Norwegia, bitch. <laughs> <Say> Norwegia. <laughs> I just feel like I feel like a lot of people uh, they just act like uh, being gay is a choice, but though, like I don't think anybody would choose to be gay if all of a sudden it was legal to marry gay people like who's the person that's sitting around like I've had a wife all this time but you know what I'm giving up on pussy that's <laughs> just not doing it for me anymore I need the kiss of a hairy sweaty muscular man that's the only thing that could like no no one's like oh that's the alternative I didn't know about this and now I've been informed it's time to go and leave my children like just chill man no, and then not only that the thing about it is that there are a lot of gays that actually support the Republican Party even though a lot of I wouldn't them, say a lot but go ahead but, but they are yeah one is too many but I, I get what you're saying <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think yeah. I don't think the percentage is that high though no no it's not a high percentage but it's enough for you to go okay why are you supporting somebody that bans and don't like anything that you do don't like nothing about you but you still vote for them if you took away the actual social platforms of Republicans who the fuck is in that party? You know, it's like, we're just trying to keep the richest 2% of the people and corporations wealthy. That's what we care about. And it's like, alright, everybody line up who's down with that. Everybody else who's not those people and wants to, you know, be able to do things that'll help out them and them, their, their family. Uh, let's step over here. And then all of a sudden you see 2% of people over there. But then they add in all the social platforms. It's like, yeah, man, fuck abortions. Uh, keep these gay people away from me. Uh, let's get the Mexicans out of the country. All of a sudden, it's like half and half. It's amazing. The, the you funniest notice- part of the, the Republican Party to me is when they march a black person to the front. Like, <laughs> they have billions of them just waiting to come to the front. 
but when they march that one black dude up to the front and he's looking at the list like first of all uh really you want me to read this okay first of all obama needs to go back to kenya chicken <laughs> is not the best meat in the world uh i personally like lemon lemonade instead of kool-aid and and um it's not red niggers it's it's cherry okay it's cherry <laughs> do i have to read all of this um sarah palin is more than just sexy she has a brain i can see russia from my house too oh fuck and vote for us <laughs> down for the cause home skillet colors niggers oh, black. oh shit <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say, Morgan? I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. Uh, oh, <laughs> what, what what mystifies me about Republicans? Is Republicans will always, and again, and you you hear this on my podcast. Um, always when I paint, try to use the broadest brush available. Mm-hmm. So I got the broadest brush I could find here in the penthouse. I'm talking about Republicans. Um, is 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 uh, the selective way that they campaign for small government. Right. So if we say uh, healthcare is a right, then Republicans say, "Oh no, it's not. It's a consumer choice. I want the government out of my healthcare. There's too much government in America. That's the problem. It's that the government bureaucracy is bloated." But uh, when two gay people want to get married, Republicans go running to the government, say, "Government, give us a law. Keep the two gay people from getting married." So I'm like, "Okay, well, which do you want? You guys want small government um, or yeah. big government?" They want like an amendment and everything with that, um, right? And that, that, yeah, it's very ironic. Yeah. And that's, that's the same thing when you talk about abortion. You exactly. know, everybody has the right to have a child, and it's great and all that shit. But when push comes to shove, you know, they want you to have a child no matter the circumstances or the situation. And you're like, okay, you can't have control over my womb. It's my choice. It yeah, reminds me not of- only that, they want the government to have control over you know what you can do with your womb or what you can do with your wedding ring and again is that not like fundamentally un-american i thought we were trying to um build a society where the government can't tell you who to marry or who you can't marry or can't tell you what what you can do or can't do with your womb it reminds me a lot of that like initial tea party uh meeting where they're all like yeah we need to lower taxes and keep the government out of our business and stop government spending it's out of control yeah but don't touch my medicare yeah, Don't you touch it, you motherfucker! I need that. I got medicine to get every month. That you know, is right? Because I'm not, in, I'm not in that two percent that can pay for that shit out of pocket. Right. All right. But, well, well mm-hmm. um, the thing about it is that I was listening to This American Life, which is, you know, a great show, and they were talking about how the folks who got the biggest bailouts uh, tended to be Republican followers, like Wall Street. Um, so it's like, look, y'all can't say that you're against these things and then under the table still be scraping it towards you. You need to um, either be on one side or the other. Actually, um, they can do that, and that's what they all do. And that's kind of that's kind of the whole point. They just be like, yo, fuck that shit, son. Elect me. Okay, y'all also, elect me. All right, that, I'm going to do that shit. I think that abortion... It's, it should be the woman's choice, whether or not to keep the child. Personally, I think that everybody should keep at least one child so you can see what I go through. But <laughs> yeah, if, you, if, if you choose to not to, that's that's you, you know. Some I think it like should, me. yeah. I think abortion should be mandatory. Like everybody should have one abortion. And that way we can all just start off, you know. Oh no, can you? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, all right, man. So um, I'm not a morning person. So I think work in the morning for me, like I work early in the morning. I get to work at seven. Yes, sir. And I get off at three thirty, which is cool. Um, 
But I think working early in the morning for me is kind of like cheating. Cause I'm not, I'm not actually awake until like nine thirty, yeah, ten o'clock. Yeah. Then my brain's actually starts working, and mm-hmm. I'm actually processing things. But that first few hours just kind of goes by, like, like almost like a dream state, because it's so early in the morning, and I, I hate mornings. Yes, and uh, when we talk about mornings, uh, some people that are really morning persons, people they don't understand people that are not. And uh, I think I pissed one of my co-workers off because she was talking about some shit really early in the morning that I didn't want to talk about. Before I knew it, I turned to her. I said, you know what? I really don't care about what you're talking about right now. <laughs> Turn right back around and went to work. I pissed her the hell off. But I didn't want to talk about that shit before the sun came up. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I feel like the guy from Memento, what I just kind of come to at my desk and I'm like putting together the pieces of what I've been doing for the first couple <laughs> hours of the morning. Yes. Like, I'm just, I know I have my notes from the Morning Jones. Uh, normally I have, like, some form of coffee. Uh, maybe I'm eating a bagel or something. Like, I'm paying, I'm like, okay, alright, this is, I've been doing things. Like, I, I haven't been sleeping, per se, but. Yeah, you guys, do you guys have a morning jobs? I know Morgan has a righty. Do you yeah, have to get up really? early all the time, or no? <laughs> sort of, I work like 10-ish to 5-ish. Um, I used to be a morning person, but. Not so much anymore, and I don't know, you know, when the transition came. But if I don't get some caffeine in me by like about ten thirty or eleven, it's trouble. But I used to be that dude that could get up in the morning, you know, and just go and talk to people, and, and people hated me because I was the one trying to make conversation, you know, at six thirty seven in the morning, and they hated that. But I, I, I'm not that dude anymore. What about you, Rashawn? Man, I got kids to go to school everywhere in this fucking city. So I have to get up at 5 a.m. just to get everybody to and from and get them all dressed and shit. So um, actually, if anyone here listening has connections to the CPS, turn this shit off. Just fast forward like 15 seconds. Um, <laughs> me personally, I think my kids catch the worst because I'm like, why don't y'all get in the mother... Yes. You got five minutes. You got five minutes to get it together. I swear, if you don't get it, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm out. I, and then by the time I get to work, I'm like, hey, Beth. <laughs> and they're like, why are you so happy? Why are you so chipper? Bitch, I've been up for two and a half hours. <laughs> How are you doing this morning? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So my kids, I apologize to them every evening, but every morning they can get it. I'm like, if y'all don't get Oh shit, if you don't get in the car, I'm gonna hit you with the two piece. Just neck, throat, ear. You know, it's real. To me, though, there's people at my job, because I know, like I said, I'm forcing to be a morning person. There's people at my job who force themselves, like, as a politics sort of thing to be bouncy. And that's what pisses me off, is when people don't really want to talk to you, but they're like trying to make conversation with you and then they'll get too in depth into your life like hey how was your weekend that's none of your business man yeah, well, yeah. I mean, let me oh, let me tell you what i did and it's like shut the fuck up it's like yeah people force themselves to be bouncy and when i'm at work it's like we're all balls and all balls don't bounce no they don't and i don't want none <laughs> bouncing my way keep that ball in your court play solo here's the, here's the thing about co-workers and it, it breaks down along racial lines because I find um, your white co-workers and again because I paint with the broadest of brushes yeah uh, the white co-workers like the people they work with are also their friends and those are their best friends whereas like me you know and my black friends like work is work 
and then my friends are the people for the most part I hang out with outside of work. Yes, sir. Um, and where those worlds collide is that like the stuff I would tell my friends, I don't tell the people at work because I don't want no, them knowing my business. That's right. And these white people at work all know each other's business when they yes, come to me, they and do. they think I'm just gonna spill it, you know, the way they would, and they just ask you so indiscreetly too. So Morgan, uh, you, you, you dating anyone? Uh, who's, who's that girl I saw you with? I'm like, <laughs> it was a friend. Next. Right. Yeah, I've decided. I, I can't decide which I'm gonna try because um, normally I just don't talk to people because um, you know, fuck it. Why? Why? Why unleash all this on them? That's not. They don't really want this. This is like Pandora's box for them. If I open this shit, they did not. They don't want to know what the fuck I'm thinking all the time, and I don't blame them. Um, they think they do, but they don't know. Um, you know, I, but I just the other. Well, hold on, one, hold on one second, Rashani. The other thing I want to do uh, sometimes, and maybe if I'm like about to get a new job, I'll do this, is um, make up outlandishly fucked up answers to whatever they ask. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like if they're just like, you know, oh, so I saw you out with, uh, with, uh, was that your wife? I saw you at the movies with. No. This is some what? You saw me at the movies? Uh, no, that was um, actually, that's just a friend. Don't worry about. Who the, what the fuck I be doing, okay? And don't tell anybody about this shit either. I'm not playing, Cheryl. You know what I mean? Like, just just to fuck them up, you know? What'd you do this weekend? Oh, man, you know, I had to go back to jail. I'm serving a DUI where I go to weekend jail. <laughs> so, actually, as soon as I get off here on Friday, I go log in at the jail. And then I normally get out sometimes Sunday night, and uh, I watch uh, Entourage, and then I come to work. Two, two things. First of all, be careful with that because um, when I started my very first like grown up job, you know, I was in full on don't fuck with me mode, you know. So I came into the office at like seven o'clock in the morning. I had to start at eight, and they had a cafeteria. I'm sitting down there eating, and this white guy comes up to me. He's wearing the he's wearing the hush puppies and all that. He's like, "Hey, what's going on?" And I just look at him. He's like, "Hey, not talkative, huh?" And I'm like. Shaking my head. He's like, he's like, are you eating? What the fuck are you asking me if I'm eating for? From hey, are you eating? And wait a like, minute, wait a minute. When did hey not talkative become small talk? What the fuck is that? So you're not talking to me anyway. Yes, that like, dude has had a lot of people ignore him. They're like conversation rapists. I fucking hate these people. It's like I did not comply. This is not a consensual conversation, no, sir. No, motherfucker. Boom. So I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm not, and I'm looking out the corner of my eye, and I see on TV. All thoughts and opinions can be sent to single simulcast at gmail.com. So I look out the corner of my eye and I see on TV that there's something going on, and I can't read the bottom of the screen, but I see that there's a whole lot of shit going on. So I just say, you know what, man? I'm praying for my for my dad. He's like, why are you praying for your dad? I said, because he was in that. And I point to the left of the TV, and he leaves. He gets all quiet, and he goes upstairs and leaves. And I walk upstairs, and the first thing that happens is my manager comes over to me, and she's like, oh, my God. Her name was Patricia. I'll never forget. Oh, my God, Derek. I'm so sorry. Um, did your father work at the World Trade Center for a long time? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I started work on 9-11-2001 without even, the volume was down, I'm looking out the corner of my eye, I'm like, my dad was in that, they think my daddy was in the World Trade Center, so they gave me my first day of work off to go home and call, so I'm fake calling, I'm like, I'm gonna get fired like a motherfucker, I'm fake calling people day after day, and then I'm like, you know what, my dad called me, it's okay, all it is to keep people from talking to me, so here's the thing, white people, black 
folks have this thing where we just tilt our head up and bring it back down. Y'all should look in the mirror and practice that shit. Head up, head down. When you walk past me, try it. Just give me the head up nod. And that, that's my whole conversation with you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be around you. I don't want to think about what you're thinking about. And if the next motherfucker comes over to me and says, Hey, Derek, um, we're starting up an American Idol of... Uh, you know, a poll, you know, ah, ah. a fantasy American Idol thing. Do you, do you want in? Uh, we'll give you the black colored nigger. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll let you have. Oh, did the white people finally cut him off? <laughs> what happened to his mic? Derek, are you there? Did we lose you? They was like, oh, no, he was oh, acting man. up. Big Brother's watching. Yeah, his mic just went out in the middle of sentence. My mic is out? Oh, no, you back, you back, you back. Oh, shit, no. Yeah, you cut out in the middle of that. You're like, white people... No, what I was saying was, white people need to learn how to do the head up nod. Oh, no, we got all that, man. You cut out way out. come at me with the, hey, buddy, do you want to be an American Idol fantasy draft? We're picking today, and you can have the black cup nigger up. You can have whatever you want. I can't believe you said it back verbatim. Like, you remember exactly <laughs> what you said before. Like, people are going to be like, the show skip? I feel like he's <laughs> typing as he's writing. I'm not. See, the like thing is... Quarter and he just goes back and looks at the transcript. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, where do you want me to start? Uh, 45, 52, or 45? What do you want me to start? What part you missed me at? 32? But no, this is how my show is. It's like, you know... um, they try and shut me down. Shouts out to Mr. Span. I'm going out the same way the hate Arachi go. They try and shut a nigga down, but you know, I break free of those chains. <laughs> well well I know this. I'm kinda like Roderick. How Roderick uh says that, you know, for reparation, you know how you say you had the white folks trained? Yeah. I, I have some trained at my job in the morning. I guess they've had enough of me just giving them a crazy look. I, people don't even ask me that on the <laughs> They don't ask me that no more. Yeah, I guess either. they tired of me either saying fine and turning right back around and working. Or just looking at them like, okay, can I help you? Yeah, I've decided that workplace, the workplace is like everybody's uh, sexual abuse. Like, you're just ah. going to work and being molested every day. It's something you don't want to do, but you kind of have to to get this money. You know, it's almost like being a stripper or something. And that's why podcasts are like my happy place. Like, Mine I. Too. I put in podcasts and or uh, my headphones and listen to podcasts all day, and it's kind of like, you know, even as they're fingering me, I'm actually able to escape <laughs> mentally by listening to my friends talk about podcasts. Yes, and it's nothing worse, and I, and I and I think one of my coworkers got the point. It's nothing worse than I have, and I got like the real big DJ headphones that cover your whole head up, so it's obvious that I don't want to be disturbed like I'm mixing tapes over there, and it's nothing worse than you tap me on the shoulder, I turn around, I look at you, and then you don't have shit to say. <laughs> uh, the worst one is when they got the undercover brother that uh, comes up to you, and he's like, hey, what's going on, you know, and it's like, at my job, I'm surrounded by white people. And there's like three black people. Are we all? You know, well, let so, me get. Let me get. Yeah, you I was gonna say, where you work at that, that you have the luxury of even having an undercover undercover brother. Like where we work at is out of like I'm just gonna, I'm just, the newsroom. There's nobody undercover. <laughs> two I'm seconds, just gonna two say. Seconds, I hold on, worked, one second. One second. Richard. Actually, we we have the double agent on our side because there's a, a Chinese Jamaican. So to the white people, <laughs> Asian guy, right? And then when the white people go away, he comes back. He reports to us what they're saying. So yeah, there's two things about that. One, Maureen works in one of the whitest industries in the world. Oh my goodness. Sports journalism. And then two, oh, if you have a college degree, then yeah, you work with a lot of white people. 
Right. Period. <laughs> like, unless you own your own shit, you're going into an office with some white people. That's just a given. See, and I work for the third one, the state government, which niggas don't want to... Why don't brothers want to work for the state government? I'm like the woman from... Um, from Hollywood Shuffle, there's always work at the state government, baby. And they're like, fuck that shit, man. I don't want to. Okay, so. Go through background checks Wait. and credit checks and all that stuff. A lot of folks don't fuck Hey, I do know a woman who got fired because her credit was bad. I was like, that's <laughs> fucked up. Is that legal? Yes, it is. That, Depends yes. on the job. How can they fire you over bad credit? That's not legal. Especially certain jobs in the banking industry. It's, it's mandatory that you have good credit or else they have I, I mean, but you. I like the thinking behind that. Well, obviously your credit is fucked up, so you're gonna get a job at the bank and treat it like your credit. Like, <laughs> like it's messed uh, up. Mr. Campbell, I saw you called about your account today. Um, I know that you're looking for what I invested those 401ks in. Um, I actually took that money and went shopping. I'm sorry. Uh, also, the bill is three months past due, so you may want to deposit some more before the end of the day, or you get hit with a $250 interest fee. Like. No, no one is no one is treating their job like their personal life. I thought like, this was hey, America. I'm sorry. I guess I hey, was. It, it, it's wrong. gotten that way because they have a lot of folks who uh, go into these jobs, and they're supposed to be um, working with others uh, to improve the other people's situations. And the others look at I don't know how they get this, but they see their information. They're like, "You got bad credit." So, um, also, there's people at my job who they feel that if you got bad credit, you're prone to doing less than scrupulous things, uh, such as selling fake driver's licenses to Mexicans or, you know, something like that. I'm just saying, they're teaching you, they are teaching you how to do a job, not how to have good credit in the past. You know what I mean? It's just... (laughs) It's like Come over here for your lunch, Derek. Now, here's what you need to do. You need to open up a, a Roth IRA, okay? And then after you do that, you need to pay this, this, and this off. Are you listening? Are you listening, buddy? This is part of your tutorial, okay? Yeah, get that credit score up to 850 or it's your fine. <laughs> if you get it up to 750, we'll, we'll pass you on probe. If you, if you have it at 625, so we're going to have to fire you. Um... I was I was looking at a horror movie the other day, and of course there was one black person in it, and of course they died. That's what happens. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking like the lesson people should be learning from horror movies mm-hmm. is that black people should never have white friends. Like that's really what you learn is that if you're the only black person in anything, you're not gonna make it. Like, and shit is always gonna pop out. It never happens in there when there's like seven black people at the party. No. It's always that party where it's just one token black person and that Freddie decides now I'm ready to murderize everybody. And the thing about horror movies is that you know nobody black wrote this. Right. Uh, the biggest reason why seven black people never die in the same place, period. Right. So, odds are we have enough sense to hear the music. Hear everything going on and get our asses to step in. It's just, it's the reason I I never want to be the only black person anywhere. No, you, you know what? Because, like, it's, you know, like, you get that email, like, but, but, hey, buddy, let's go camping. And like, who all's coming? No. And it's all, it's all like a list of white people, and it's like, eh, I think I'm no. good. Yeah, they asked us that white one time. They was like, uh, Derek and they talking about, we going camping. I was like, with bugs. Yeah. Outside with tits. <laughs> and outhouses. <laughs> and no toilets. Wiping your ass with leaves, and they're looking at me like, "Yeah, I'm like." Well, Hell one, no. if you're one, if and the other thing is, it doesn't like some people are thinking, "Well, why do Karen? Why don't you both go?" 
if you're if you're a couple or you're having sex, that counts as one person at home. Yeah. So that I that scene screen too, and they took out both them niggas in the credits. It was not even a joke. It was they went to the bathroom during the movie and was dead before I got back from the bathroom during the movie. <laughs> and you know, actually, I was uh, talking about this with some friends on uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three. I think it was a Dream Master. They had the black guy at the very beginning, and he's like big and buff, and his dream power was that he was hella strong. And uh, Freddy comes, and this dude is like giving it to Freddy, you know, beating the shit out of Freddy. And then all of a sudden, Freddy does one kill strike and just kills this dude. I think personally, they put the black person in the movie and kill them off first, so then the white people in the audience can relax. Right? Like, when is that white? When, they there's a murderer out there, but fuck it, Jamal's in the kitchen, and Jamal's gonna eat all the food and drink up all the lemonade and only leave one little swallow. I know that. I I can't focus on the movie until is he dead okay so <laughs> i think like, they do i think they do it so motherfuckers will shut the fuck up in the theater because you know <laughs> black people are notorious for talking in the fucking theater bitch duck like, you know, if we kill all the black people in the credits there's nothing else for them to root for they just have to watch the movie in silence like the no, rest we'll of us tell the white bitch to run too though yeah that's what ha- i mean yeah. they, now obviously they haven't learned no they haven't because i've been to these movie theaters yeah. where it is uh just the hood theater mm-hmm. and yeah they're talking to the ending credits yeah it, it doesn't fucking matter um well, have you noticed that they never have the black folks in a situation where they have to run because they know that if the black folks have to run they getting the fuck out of there I yeah mean, they might get away Exactly. They always have the white folks. And what the fuck, white women? Why are y'all always tripping over shit? Tell me. I mean, y'all will be running on a plate of glass, just as shiny and smooth as anything. And y'all will trip over a pincher bug. And oh my God, I broke my ankle. Go on without me. And your friend is like, no, Beth. No, we're buddies. I'm going to take care of you. If they had a black person running with them, they'd be like, peace. I'll I'll tweet about you. Now, Rod, yes. since you've seen every movie like ever, what is that movie? Um, this is because to me, I can't remember the movie, but it's, it strikes me as one of the the worst black movie deaths ever. Where it's like the black guy and the two white guys are stranded out like in Alaska somewhere, mm-hmm. and then there's the bear, and they tell the the brother he's got to go kill the bear. And uh, <laughs> the fuck, I've never seen that one. Fittingly enough, hey, hold you on. Me and a nigga in Alaska. Hold yes. on, hold on, because they get they, they their plane crashes, they're shipwrecked or something. Somebody help me out. Somebody that's listening knows this movie because they tell the brother, hold on, not just to kill the bear, but to make a spear to kill the bear. Oh, oh that's right. He's making a spear. Sean Connery's in the movie. Damn it. Uh, oh yeah, I heard about this movie. Remember? Yeah, he's making a spear to kill the bear, and then he uh, stabs himself. With his own spear, and then the bear smells the blood and comes and gets him. What movie is that? Uh, don't worry, I got it, man. That's gotta be the worst black movie death, um, cause that that fulfills two levels of stereotype. When usually the only stereotype at work is that, that the black guy has to die first. The, is it the Edge? Might be the Edge. Yeah. I was like mid nineties. That sounds right. That, I don't, uh, the Edge had Alec Baldwin and Anthony Hopkins. Close enough. Hopkins. Yeah, same same white boy. Scottish guys sound the same to me. Alright, man, we talked about planking a little bit earlier. Um yeah, fill me in, Rod, please. Okay. Here's what you know what? For the longest time I thought it was like a the fitness thing, you know, like people doing the plank to, to work their core. That's what I thought people were talking about. Okay. Number ah. one, uh planking is a 
uh, originally is a term that they used when putting slaves into slave ships to go over the middle passage in order to fit the most slaves they would have them they would have them each lie down flat like a plank or a board on top of each other what's our source on that yeah it was uh my source for that one is uh dr goddess on twitter She's this uh, like uh, Afrocentric uh, okay. person that does a lot okay. of stuff, like a lot of political things. And I've seen a- that too. I saw Mike Sims Walker from uh, whoever he plays for now, the Jaguars. I think I, I saw someone retweet that from him. But tell me the um, the contemporary definition of it. Okay, now the new planking that people are doing on Twitter is uh, people are taking pictures of themselves or someone taking a picture of them lying down flat on objects uh, flat as a board and, and like on top of like say a mailbox and you take a picture and then you hashtag it with planking some people celebrities are doing it I saw Dwight Howard was planking on top of a lawnmower uh, okay so it's it, so it, it could tie into the fitness craze it takes a lot of course stability to do that yeah, I, I I wouldn't necessarily say it was. I think it's just a Twitter phase. But the thing, like planking, the planking phenomenon uh, represents to me the power, the infinite power of Twitter and social media, and the infinite stupidity of our generation. Like we could, at, like all at the same time. And I'm I'm actually in awe. I'm not even hating on planking. It's just if like when we like when we die, I hope planking is in the time capsule. When the aliens come and find it, and they're like, you know what? These motherfuckers were crazy and and, and also genius at the same time. What, what about something you were supposed to lay flat so I could plank in my bed? Um, yeah, but I mean that would be a lame plank, Karen. I mean, obviously, no one wants to see that. Wasn't it, there a dude who died from planking? Not that I know of. <laughs> but I would I, I would think a lot of slaves did. So I mean, well, a, well, here's, a, here's here's the joke. A few million there. No, here's a joke. Uh, well, one, I'm looking up a, the, I, I looked it up on Wikipedia. Uh, there's also the lying down game, which is now known as planking, which apparently was invented by some people in England, because all it is is people laying down on their face. Somehow this became a game. Um, and I, and I understand, I understand the reference, um, to the middle passage. I just don't know how true it is, because again, this is, we're in the, because of the power of Twitter, um, anyone can make up anything. Um, and pretend to attribute it and suddenly it's fact. So I don't know where Dr. Goddess is getting it from or Mike Sims Walker is getting it from. Because um, I just remember the Mike Sims Walker tweet and he's like, yeah, well, it was originally the phrase used to, you know, describe how you pack slaves into a ship. You guys still think it's funny. But I'm just wondering, like, if the people that invented this current incarnation of planking were really thinking about slavery and the middle passage you know probably not i don't know exactly and i'm looking at this and i I, you know i I sent y'all the information but yeah somebody died from this shit back in like may and uh people are still doing it a 20 year old dude died in a um yeah my question my question is that do you slide on these objects no according to this this motherfucker fell seven stories from an apartment balcony just, he did it. He, he did it wrong. He did it wrong. <laughs> You're supposed to plank in places and stay stationary. And somebody takes a picture, Karen. You don't slide on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you just take. But anyway, man, it's just. I mean, it's a silly trend. It doesn't bother me like some people. And I don't. I mean, now at the same time, I wouldn't put it 
had slave owners to call it planking sticking niggas in, in a fucking ship. No, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them, but yeah, I don't know if that. I just, is I just don't the, know uh, if there's a, the, a direct connection between yeah. that practice and this trend. Right, okay. exactly. Yeah, that's what I would say. I don't know if the people who started it knew about that or what. Okay. No. I'm, I'm, okay, edu- I'm educated now. I feel better. So, um, I was listening to Adjective J's podcast, The Negro Majority. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't spell majority, don't email him. Um, but I was listening to his podcast and he was talking about how he had a run in with the cops and he's just fucking sick of cops harassing him and so he was talking greasy with the cop. Like the cop was like telling him like, oh, you need to do this. And he was like, well, you know, I don't got to do shit, you know, that kind of shit. And, um, I, I was at work when this was happening, man. And I, I realized, uh, unconsciously, like I wasn't even doing this uh, on purpose. Like, my face was in the same, uh, I was making the same face I would have made if, like, Morgan Campbell walked up to me and told me he survived a shark attack. Because, like, the entire time, I was like, how is Adjue J alive? Yeah. Like, you can't just be talking to cops like that in Alabama. <laughs> like That's deeper south than North Carolina, dog. Yeah, you can't be like, oh, I know you pulled me over because I'm black. Huh? What? How are you alive, man? Just throw you in the woods at J. We'll never find you again. Like, yeah, like they need to add a segment on that Discovery Channel um, show called "I Shouldn't Be Alive" about black people and their encounters with the cops. Yeah. Like, I would watch that show, and then people would go, "But it's it's the same shit every time, right? Cop pulls you over, and something crazy happens, and you're still alive." And I would be like, "I'm amazed every fucking time." Yes, I've heard people tell me the same running with the cop story. Multiple times, and, I'm still and I've been amazed every fucking time. Like it's the first yeah. time they told me. I just like yeah. I couldn't believe and, it. And 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 the rules about uh, cops uh, for those out there that are of non uh, are black. Uh, it goes for males and female. I'm a female, and I panic. But, you know, they get behind me, I just start panicking. I'm like, oh, shit, is my credit straight? Is my license straight? You know, it's my... Sh- I'm, I'm just going to panic mode. Because I was like, what the fuck? If they're going to pull me over, my shit need to be together. Because I don't want to go to jail unnecessarily. I keep my hands at 10 and 2. You know, like, <laughs> being where I'm at, out here in Cali, it's like... I, I've talked to people from the south about this and they look at us like what the fuck because i look at cops i guess coming from the environment where fuck the police and all of these other gangster songs cop killing all that came out i'm really like cops some evil dirty nasty stupid motherfuckers but i'm not gonna do what jay did <laughs> you know I'm, I'm not i'm not suicidal well i don't I, see I how that i don't see how looking at them that way is that much different from the south yeah because <laughs> like, like like the good thing about the south is that uh we're very polite uh, on the surface. Yes, we are. So, we might be thinking, man, I can't believe this pig just fucking pulling me over. I know it's because I'm black and I'm in it. But when he pulls over, it's like, what seems to be the problem, officer? You know? That, man, that's I'm how we this, get it. I'm sick of this motherfucking cop. Hold on, here he comes, here he comes. Yeah, that's how it rolls, <laughs> man. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's, that's how it is. I've never talked reason to a cop. Me either. And for those of you that are new to the podcast, I'm going to tell the story that I probably have already talked before. I'm going to tell it again. One time I was flying down 521 in Lancaster County, uh, down in here in South Carolina, and I was I was pushing it, and the police officer actually clocked me on the opposite side of the road. I actually stopped in the middle of the road, put my blinkers on, and waited for him to come behind me. <laughs> I just stopped moving, and he pulled up behind me, and he said, "Ma'am, 
I was like, yes, sir. He was like, uh, do you know that's a hazard to stop in the middle of the road like this? He said, somebody could have hit you. I looked at that man and I said, you know what? I wanted you to know I seen you. So I stopped. I said, I want you to call no backup. I ain't want you talking to me. If you got a case, I, I stopped the vehicle. I don't want you to keep my ass out here in the middle of the woods. Yeah, I, 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 don't I, fuck, I don't fuck with cops. Yeah, I, 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 I panicked, man. Like, I was actually in a car one time with these dudes from Trinidad, and they thought that, like, they were in college uh, on scholarship uh, to America because, you know, uh, they were so smart and stuff. But they were treating this shit like a vacation. Like, this is my regular life. So we get pulled over by the cops. Okay. And John's driving. Um, and the... Uh, the, the cop comes over to the car and these little motherfuckers are in the background giggling and shit like oh my god they're getting pulled up by the cops right? I was like hey man shut the fuck up everybody <laughs> everybody, calm down everybody keep their hands where everybody can see them we already got like four of y'all motherfuckers piled in the backseat yes, um, going to Walmart and then they got that thick accent too which don't yeah. the situation out so the cop pulls over and uh, comes over and John rolls down the window and when he gets to the window the Brandon from the backseat in the thickest like Trinidadian accent is like, what uh, what seems to be the problem, officer? And and, and the cop looks in the backseat like, who the fuck? What? Who's talking to you? And so uh, the cop the cop gives John's license and registration and goes back to go run, you know, whatever. And I just I just like wanted to reach back and choke Brandon, like shut. This is not a fucking game, man. Yes. This dude could like it took like two seconds for backup to get there. I'm like, already, they probably can't wait to tase us or pepper spray us or some shit. Let's not give them an excuse. Let's not be funny. Cops aren't really into the stand-up. No, at all. And the thing is, it only takes a few seconds for a cop to say you look like somebody who did something. Yes. And I, So, it, 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 all you young kids who are listening, I'm sure that, you know, you, you want to be Billy Badass in front of your friends. Here's the keeper. Shut the fuck up. If the cops come to your door, don't mention donuts, turn down the fucking radio, don't smirk, don't laugh, don't do shit. Because there's too many black folks in jail because they thought they were being cute, and then it turned out you looked like somebody who was 400 fucking miles away who <laughs> robbed a little white woman. So just shut the fuck up, take your ticket, fight it later. Because I... You know, I followed a cop once. You know, when they turn on their sirens and and dart through and everybody pulls to the side, I was young. I was like, you know what? If I follow behind this cop, I'll cut five minutes off my driving time. Oh, so, my goodness. Damn, Damn, I was young. So Damn. I dropped behind this guy, and I'm like, okay, you know, we grooving and everything. I'm going to make my time. And he turns on the siren, and I'm like, man, you know, he already has the sirens on, rather, but he turns on the loudspeaker. Yes, sir. He's like, he's like you behind me. And I'm looking over my shoulder like, is he talking about something? You behind me in the gallant, pull over. Mm. My dumbass pulled over. I got a ticket for tailgating, for speeding, and for all this other shit. Cops can make up any type of crime they want just to get you. So fuck with a cop. I double dog yeah. dare you. Hey, now, Morgan, you had to run in with some law <laughs> police a while back. You were supposed to do our show a couple oh, of years yeah, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to talk about it. Yeah, what happened with that, man? Because uh, you kind of were cryptic about it on, on Twitter, and I didn't want to, like, fuck with you. Oh, how much of this? How, what happened with what? Yeah, Like, how much of the story you want, man? I, uh, Break it down, man. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, show. shit. Okay. So, I'm driving uh, through southwest Ontario, which is an area that... 
Um, it's rich in black history, actually. Uh, this is where the slaves used to go, and this is what I found so ironic, right? Because this is where uh, the black people used to settle, you know, after they, you know, they got to the end of the Underground Railroad, and they would come to Windsor, Ontario, and Chatham, Ontario. And this is where they would enjoy their freedom, and here I am looking to be freed from this place. Um, <laughs> so, so I thought that whole weekend was ironic. Anyway, I'm driving to Detroit, uh, and it's funny because our friend Wall Street from the All Balls Don't Bounce podcast, Will Wall Street Strickland, was like, he's, he's like my mom. Morgan, you know you got that heavy foot. I'm like, thanks, Will. You got that heavy Okay, thanks, Will. I know what I'm doing. So I'm driving. I, I, for this, I blame D'Angelo. Because uh, I'm driving. I get to the point, part of Ontario, where I can get the radio station from Detroit. And I'm listening to 105.9, and uh, Lady comes on, D'Angelo, right? So I'm just like listening to the music. I'm not worried about what's around me. I haven't heard Lady in like forever. I'm cruising. And right about the part uh, where he says health food stand, that's when I pass pass the cop. And these lights come flashing. I'm like, shit. Because I know he's got me. Um, So he pulls me over um, and you asks for the license and registration and all that. He goes back to his car and he's like punching in digits into his little computer like forever. Uh, and then this tow truck pulls up. Oh, what the? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the company car. Bro. <laughs> oh, so, damn. Yeah. So, uh, so then he comes up to my window. He's like, "Don't worry, that's not for you." I'm like, "Cool." So then he goes back to his car. Then <laughs> he comes back. He's like, "Did you know that you uh, were driving with a suspended license?" I said, "No." He's like, "Yeah." Did you know that they served you? I said, "No, nobody served me." Like, yeah, you got a ticket last year, and um, so your license is suspended. I was like, okay, so what's that mean? He's like, yeah, we're going to hook up your car to this uh, tow truck. Um, <gasps> yeah, so I'm like, motherfucker, like, why would you tell me the tow truck wasn't for me when you knew the tow truck was for me? <laughs> why would you do that? So he starts, like, and in his mind, it's a foregone conclusion, because what they, we find this out later, in his mind, it's a foregone conclusion that um, I'm going to be in Chatham until Monday. Because the the tow yard has these crazy hours and you can't really get your license reinstated until, um, you know, the following day. There's little DMV. It's all kind of right there, like on this this dusty uh, in, this this dusty country intersection, right? So he's like, yeah, give me a court date. So I got to go back down there on July 27th. They hook the car up um, to the tow truck. I got to get in and ride with the tow truck driver now to this big this intersection in Chatham, Ontario, which is the home of uh, Ferguson Jenkins, the baseball Hall of Fame baseball pitcher uh, from the Cubs. Anyway, um, I wind up at the and they have a strand and the, the cops all nice to me. He's like, yeah, they have a stranded motorist rate at the uh, at the at the hotel. Wait, uh, this shit damn. happens so often. They have a, their own rate for it at the hotel. Yes. Oh, darn it. Yes. Yes. Wow. Now that's a speed they, trap. Do they have a sign up like 400 people screw daily or something like that? No, but but then they because you get to the hotel and they play like there's not a lot of people in there. Like, no, oh, it doesn't happen often. I'm like, y'all have a stranded motorist rate. Don't tell me. Like, do they? Do, when you go to the local diner, do they have like a stranded motorist special, special for the day? Yeah. Three ninety nine. But, all you can eat. All <laughs> the stranded motorist like, happy hour. That's the question. <laughs> all this stuff is at the same intersection, though, right? So then, and the cop is like, the cop is adamant, okay? The cop is like, hey, if you can get somebody to come down today, uh, you can get the car today. I can't let you drive it back to Toronto, but if you get somebody to come down and drive it back, then you can drive it back, and I will tell the tow truck driver not to put it inside the fence, right? 
So I get in this truck with this tow truck driver now. And we drive back to the yard. And I give y'all one guess where he puts the car. And the inside the fence. Inside the fence with oh, the yeah. dog. Yeah, yes. yeah. That would it's never gonna happen, yeah. Shit. So, and then he's like, okay, well, I was like, he, the cop said not to put it inside the fence. Oh, it's too late, it's inside the fence. So, I'm like, okay, well, can I get somebody to bring, um, get this car tonight? He's like, nah, you're gonna have to stay at least till tomorrow. Uh, Damn. Because we close at one on the weekend. Okay. So I asked one, you know, I'm putting out the call to Twitter. I'm talking to y'all. I'm getting some volunteers, but I need two people to come down, right? Because I need somebody to drive this car because he won't let me drive the car off the lot. Uh, so I spend the night in lovely Chatham, Ontario, um, watching UFC online, all this garbage. Uh, the next morning, my uncle Ken and my sister and my niece come down. Okay. They get to the hotel 1230. We get to the impound yard across the street at 1245. That shit is closed. It's closed up. I'm like, what is the deal here? Oh, yeah, we closed at 1230. I'm like, wait a minute. Y'all told me yesterday, one o'clock. And there's like this old man riding around on the lawn on a, on a riding mower and he's enjoying himself because this is part of their hustle, right? Is that they get people to come down from wow. get people that stranded from Toronto. Um, you tell them the wrong time, the wrong hours, and then they got to keep your car for another day. Then you got to pay for two days in pound instead of one. Damn. Um, so I call the number, right? Now, understand, it is 1245. Uh, Chatham ain't that big of a, uh, of a city. There's an apartment right above um, the impound office. I call the number. This chick answers. And she's like, I'm not working. There's nothing I can do. I'm thinking, okay, you're not working. You're picking up the phone, ain't you? No, there's nothing I can do. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, can you come? Because I'm here. You guys told me... One o'clock, it turns out you close at 1230. She's like, no, I'm not coming in. I'm not working. There's no one who can help you. Goodbye. Click. Wow. <laughs> well, you're really going to make me go all the way back to Toronto. I'm not coming in today. Click. Again, I'm calling the office line. She's picking it up. Don't tell me you can't come in. Right? So uh, this old man on the lawnmower, he keeps saying, he keeps interjecting because he's clearly enjoying the fact that these Negroes are stranded. He's <laughs> loving this. Loving this. He keeps talking about, oh, yeah. So I call, I start getting ready to call the cop. He's like, that cop can't help you. I was like, why not? He's like, I own this place. He doesn't have the key. I was like, oh, if you own this place, you have the key. You can help me get this car out, right? I'm not helping you get the car out. Damn. (laughs) Wow. All that sentence was missing was nigger. Listen. (laughs) It gets better. It gets much better. It It gets, listen. So my uncle's there. The thing about my uncle, my uncle's that dude. Okay, my uncle is uh, he. So I'm getting ready. I'm trying not to curse this dude, curse this dude out. I'm getting ready to. My uncle is about to curse the dude out, but he starts walking around, right? And he sees uh, he sees like this em- this uh, a decal on the on the on on the window that says, you know, veteran, lest we forget. So my uncle's like. Uh, Who's the veteran around here? And the dude's like, I am. I was in the Navy. My uncle's like, well, hey, well, I was in the Marines. And it would really be a shame, you know, veteran to veteran, if, uh, you know, I had to go all the way back to Toronto, you know, without having gotten this done. And the dude's like, ah. And he sees my uncle's license plate because it has the same decal. <sighs> Let me see what I can do. Let me make some phone calls and see what I can do. You guys go have lunch. Come back in half an hour. Let me see what I can do. We go have lunch. I come back. Guys, like, yeah, you can take the car. Wow. Are you serious? Just like that. Was that simple? Do you guys watch The Simpsons? 
Yes. yes. It was like when Homer Simpson, when he joined the stonecutters and the, and the, the plumber was like, and the water was rising in the basement, and the plumber's like, there's nothing I can do. And Homer's like, well, what if I shook your hand like this? And the guy just takes out the wrench, he's like, yeah, it's fixed. That's what it was like. <laughs> That's what it was like. So then I start, you know, filling in the paperwork and all this. And, I start, and now this guy's my best friend because, uh, because my uncle's a veteran. So he's telling me stories about the junkyard dog and how the dog bit him. And then he's, he gets into the racist humor. He starts talking to me about Indian people because he's like, we're always having to pull like semi drivers, uh, like tractor trailer drivers off the road. And it's always Indian people. He's like, around here, we call them wannabes. I was like, wannabes? He's like, they want to be Canadian. They want to be American. But it's the Indian people. Like, oh my this redneck white man is making racist jokes to the black guy about Indian people. Um, but yeah, it was really that simple. My uncle played the veteran card, and then uh, I was freed from bondage in Chatham, Ontario, and I got to go back. And now I can pick up young girls by telling them I got a court date coming up because they like that. I'm what they want. I'm the educated thug. Yeah, man. <laughs> the P stands for on parole. <laughs> Basically, P stands for probation. Yeah, I think the piece just stand for patiently pandering while dealing with police profiling. I was going to say the piece just stands for a plea charge because it's like, you know. Yeah, I think when, when he needed help on Twitter, I said the piece stands for please come get Morgan Campbell. <laughs> free Morgan Campbell. Yeah, yes. the free Morgan P hashtag, but it all, it all worked out. We'll see what kind of fines I got to pay when I go back down there. But I'll make a day of it, man. Some black history stuff that I've been wanting to see in that area, but I'm always driving through it and never staying there. So I'll make a day of it and uh, see what I can see. All right, you know, there's nothing mm-hmm. better than when a white person wants to pull you into that circle. Uh, I used to work at the server at Denny's, and uh, one of the white folks there was like, you know, buddy, I gave you three extra dollars on your tip, and you know why? And I was thinking it's because my service was great, and he was like, because you're one of the good ones. Damn. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, what? <laughs> hold on, what? You're one of the good ones. You know, you could have been out there on the street selling that dope or, or, or molesting people, but damn it, you're in here working hard. And I bet you, you got a good education. Do both your parents live at home? Somebody's going to leave that as one of our five-star reviews one of these days. Watch. <laughs> I'm going to have to read that shit. Um, all right, man. The, the last random thought I had uh, before we do articles. Um, I watched Transformers 3 this weekend. Uh, with care. It actually was on Thursday night at 10.30 in IMAX 3D. Yep. Uh, we drove all the way out to Concord Mills to go see it, yes, and sir. I enjoyed every second of it. I did, too. Uh, I enjoyed the second one, even though it was racist. Uh, I enjoyed the first one. Um, first one racist, too. Yes, it does. It killed Jazz, and they made Jazz dance and uh, Man, talk. like, immediately killed him. That was yeah. fucked up. Did, did he say, what up, bitches, or something? He said, what's cracking, yeah. bitches? Cracking, bitches. Yep. Yes, I'll never forget those those words. But, um, I loved it. You know, it was great. It was darker than the other ones. And, um, I, I told people before I saw it that I would love it. Yeah. I'm very biased with Transformers. I, I mean, am, too. You know, uh, but I've decided that when it comes to entertainment, nerds are like the progressives who turned on Obama. Because, first of all, <laughs> none, of, none of us are fucking that worth, like, we're the fringe. The people who are really into Transformers and really into, like, cartoon robots talking to each other and playing out politics on uh, Cybertron, a distant uh, technological planet and all that shit. 
we are the fringe. We're not who they're making the movies for. They gotta make the movie where we like it, but you know, which would be a plus. But they really need everybody to bring their family to go see this yes, fucking movie. Forty-five to about twelve or thirteen, maybe fourteen. Right. Um. So I, I go on Twitter. And I'm, you know, saying, yeah, I loved it, whatever. But I'm not recommending it to anybody. Mm-mm. I actually didn't even talk about the movie that much at first. Because I just, I, it was like, did you see it, Rod? Did you see it? I was like, yes, I loved it. I told you I'd love it. It's not that big a deal. I was playing it down. Because I didn't want to have all these fucking debates about That's the quality right. of a movie that is really designed for 10-year-olds. That's like, right. When we were 10, that's when they came up with these concepts and these stories. And they're stories for 10-year-olds. So they're not meant to be perceived by a fucking 32 year old. And I felt like being hypercritical of something that is meant for someone that young kind of makes you a loser. It, 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 ju- it just does. Like, it, I, I don't, it, like, what's more loserish than seeing a 32 year old lose his shit over a movie that's PG 13? A 32 year old screaming on a little kid roller coaster, but I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Morgan. I'm sorry. I, say, right, I don't think there's any kind of about it. I don't think it kind of makes you lose. I think it definitively does. Yeah, and I'm gonna extract. I'm gonna ex- extend this point in a second to something else. But in general, though, like I saw people like, oh no, it was fucking terrible. What'd you think about the second one? It was horrible. What'd you think about the first one? It was all right. It was manageable. Okay. <laughs> um, the third time that he gets your money. Thank you. That's on you. Like, don't get mad at me. You didn't like the second one. And, and, and like, I was talking to Chris from the Sandy Check, and eventually he did say, yeah, it's on me. But he was like, well, he said that he learned from his second one. That's like the dude that goes, he hit, the the woman that's like, he hit me in my face, but he said, he sent me some flowers and he said he loved me. Well, now this is the third time he hit you in your face. I can't keep feeling bad for you. You gotta get the fuck out. And, and my thing, people that do I'm like this what is the Da Vinci Code Mm -hmm. me and Roger went to go Mm -hmm. see the first Da Vinci Code that shit was terrible I was bored Mm -hmm. and I was so angry I never seen a fucking another one I don't know how many more came out you only gotta smack me once (laughs) you don't have to constantly abuse me if I don't like your words I'm not going back to see it again what the fuck you complaining about nothing has changed the food's still nasty the third time around yes you know, I've been I, I've been um, watching the Transformers since since I have the cartoon on Blu-ray as well as on DVD. I mean, Transformers the movie, the, the cartoon. Right. Um, people come up to me and they're like, "Hey, man, what'd you think of it?" And I'm a huge Transformers fan. And I'm just like, "It was good." I'm not going to tell you more than that. I mean, if it, 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 you're a grown ass person, it's your own opinion. You know, don't stand on me and wait for my opinion just so you can argue with me about it because I'm not having it. You know, I don't even tell people when they ask me should I go see something. I don't even tell them anymore. I tell them that you're a grown ass man. You need to decide for yourself. Man exactly. up. That is literally my response to some people yeah. has been man up exclamation point. What the fuck? So you can blame me when you come when back you're wrong. Me? Exactly. I, I didn't agree. like it. I, I went and saw I, 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 R. Kelly. You said, you said R. Kelly was great. I went and saw him, and he was awful, and that's your fault. Yeah, I didn't like it. Well, I don't know what else is going on in your fucking life. Maybe your grandma's sick. I don't know. 
I don't know why you didn't like the shit. I did. The end. I can't keep defending that shit to people. It's like, just, I would rather you say I have horrible taste in movies and ask me for my fucking opinion. Should you spend money or not? Like, I'll tell you what I thought about it, but no, I don't, I can't, I don't know what that $9, maybe that was the $9 you needed for your insulin that month. I don't know. Stop making me make decisions for your fucking life. Be responsible, people. I'm just a fucking podcaster. Were you gonna say something, Morgan? Sorry. Nah, but it does. It does though. Speak. Um, again, Rod, the power of of Twitter. And it's like if people see something printed, somehow that makes it official. And if you print something enough times, uh, somehow you become an authority, and not just authority. Now you're like the guiding light, you know. And all these people, because you tweet about movies, Rod, because you uh, we discussed this last time. You're a Twitter producer not a twitter consumer they look at your followers the follower ratio figure that you have something to say and know what you're talking about and all of a sudden yeah you assume responsibility uh for their um hasty uh expenditures on 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 crappy films they must miss the tweets where i read about hating nerds too because fucking nerds culture is the worst man like as a culture we are the most fucking like insidious group of fans to have like you hate everything no other culture hates everything you cannot collectively get nerds to agree on shit if you just go hey man so the dark knight i think it's one of the greatest movies of all time and definitely the best comic book movie i didn't like his voice i can't get into it all right my bad i forgot you're a nerd like we can't like anything together so i don't want to be fucking involved in these little uh debates about where you should spend your money that's just stupid man not to mention that for 10 year olds what people really are paying for is to go to the theater and they want to feel 10 again and i'm sorry nothing else is gonna make you feel 10 again when optimus prime died in the fucking movie when i was like eight or nine or whatever the fuck i cried like a little bitch why because mm-hmm. i was eight or nine i'm 32 exactly. I, nothing can make me cry in a fucking theater like that again like my dad was like, "Oh, calm down, baby. This is gonna be all right. Just keep watching." <laughs> like, is you know, this I shit happened like come back. Yeah. it only happened like thirty minutes into the film. I wasn't ready for that shit. But now I'm thirty two. Shit happens all the time. R- real people die, and I go, eh. you know, Michael <laughs> well, Jackson a- died, and I was like, "Oh man, that's fucked up." It kept moving. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the ironic thing about nerds. Like, as smart as nerds claim to be. They can't tell the difference uh, between broadcasting and narrowcasting. So nerds get in, you know, into these, uh, they get on the message boards, you know, or these online groups, um, and they talk about a very, ner- a very narrow subject matter. Um, so they think it's something that's a big deal, and really it isn't. It's the same group of people that's talking about everything. Um, and then somehow they think that something is, that's meant for the broader audience is going to speak with that same level of directness and specificity right to them and like yeah and let's, and let's talk about the you money. talking about this and let's eight talk, people gotta see this movie and let's talk about the money though let's talk about the money too because right. you brought up a good point first of all shit isn't feasible if you want a fucking two hours of those big ass robots doing shit apparently you're gonna need about a billion dollars for a budget because that shit costs money I, I was listening to the director's commentary of Transformers 2. That's right. I love Transformers. I said it. Uh, and, and Michael Bay was talking about how the last fight between Optimus and the Fallen and the Megatron, how it was really short and he felt like people got cheated because, surprise, surprise, none of these robots are there when Michael Bay is filming shit. They're make-believe. They're blue screen. Motherfuckers are making CGI and creating these fake-ass robots out of nothing. It costs 
a lot of money. There's all kinds of budget and time constraints. Transformers 2 was written down during the fucking writer's strike. Like, there's so much shit going on when it comes to these big-ass movies. And then people have a nerve to go, yo, man, I felt kind of cheated. You're fucking 32. You should feel cheated. You went to see Make Believe. Somebody told you a story. There's no point in life where you should feel like, oh, you know what, man? That story right there fulfills me. Like it did when I was 10. Nothing's fulfilling. Candy is fulfilling at 10. Well, you know what? I, we're going to see the new Harry Potter, and I want an invitation from Hogwarts. Is there something wrong with me for, for desiring that? Uh, yes, Karen. There's yeah, something wrong yeah, with there me. Is. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. These nerds, man. They, so the fucking, I'm done with that negative. I would, listen, the only time I'm criticizing the movie from now on when it comes to this nerd shit is if I feel like they just didn't even try. That's it. Yeah. You know, like Jonah Hex. Okay, y'all motherfuckers don't even care. Uh, Daredevil, obviously, you that don't even really give too. a fuck. I get we it. I need to go see Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Yeah, I, well, I didn't see that, so I'm not judging. But I can understand getting mad because they didn't even try. Okay, so I completely effort. understand that. You guys go in. I'm still not going in as far as you guys. I don't. I just don't want to be that critical. But, like, they put a couple hundred million dollars into making this film. I think they tried, guys. I think they just can't do what you want them to do because there's not infinite money in the fucking world. What I'm looking at from this standpoint is that, um, unfortunately, nowadays, it goes beyond geeks. Um, I mean, it is fucking geeks. It's, right. But it goes beyond that to the point that now they have people who get up on YouTube, you know, like the angry video game nerd and all these people who have gotten the following because they hate on shit that they shouldn't be hating on like they want people to think that they're they some people have now taken it to the point where they think hating something is being savvy like they're taking that next step towards sophistication by saying oh this shit was shitty and this is why even if they have nothing to stand on so when someone comes up to me and says you know the dark knight was a horrible movie first of all you know i I gotta gotta slap the shit out of them just for saying that because you expose yourself yourself as an idiot with the words that come out of your mouth when you sit there and say that a movie that won multiple awards is this that and the other you lose me so wait a um, minute precious won multiple awards and i can say this is that yeah that's a good point that's a great you know what the awards don't make the the film precious just made me feel (laughs) that that made me feel dirty watching (laughs) that made me feel like dirty and and the thing is i'm one of the people who i'll read the book you know, before I see the movie, and I saw you. Yeah, that's about always that. a mistake. Never exactly. No. So I'll read the book, um, and I read Precious first. So I was like, "Fuck that, no, thank you." <laughs> oh, oh, and, and the thing is, if I can, my 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 wife's aunt, uh, last Thanksgiving, I want to say, or the Thanksgiving before tried to break out the bootleg of Precious and show it at Thanksgiving. I was like, "Mama, no!" Oh. <laughs> I'm like, "You ruined Thanksgiving like that." Man, and the so, thing is, like, also, I don't think people understand how fucking fantastic seeing fucking live action robots on screen is. Yeah. When I was a kid, that couldn't fucking be possible. Now it's possible for about fifty minutes if you pay a couple hundred million dollars, and then they have to spruce around humans because actually, that's what Michael Bay can film. I don't know if people understand this, but the fucking robots don't exist. There, he can film shit blowing up. And the fucking Sam Witwicky running through fucking machine gun fire. He can do that. 
That's all he can do. So people are like, I don't get why Michael Bay chose to spend time with the humans. Because that's all he can do. The fucking, he's not, he's the fucking contracting out the robots to ILM to do special effects. He's not there for that. But like, how can he control that? Can he shoehorn Tyrese getting stepped on, you know, something hit by a Starscream or fucking Unicron even? Have have Tyrese get eaten by Unicron in the next one. That, I'm not <laughs> asking for much. You know, just have Unicron pop up in a quick, like, blip, blip, you know, and then Tyrese is just gone. That's all I'm asking for. Because that, oh, man. That I, nigga needs to just stop. Stick with singing. Always. Oh, I think it's this. Um, I was going to say Tyree should stop singing, but go ahead, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is an even bigger issue. But my thing is this, and, and I guess my opinion is coming from a, from a non-geek world. A lot of the shit y'all complain about, somebody like me, just don't give a fuck. I don't know if y'all understand this. Me being a non-geek. I enjoyed the movie. The movie was good. That's the end. I think nerd movies need to start coming with the, the same labels that cigarette ads do. And it should only go to just to nerds. Like, warning, you will fucking hate this. Don't go with, don't spend your money. You're just going to be mad. Like, every, every one of them should come with that. And then people should go, I'm not going to see that. And then if they do see it, we go, didn't you see the fucking warning? Of course you hated it. You hate everything. And, and my you thing, know, Karen, you're absolutely right with that because my wife, she's not from that world, and I'm like, you know, wavering. Some things make me geek out. Some things don't. Um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, for example, when that came out, I geeked out, and I watched that like four or five different times. I was actually watching it this uh, afternoon, and she'll come in and she'll be like, "You're watching that shit again." It was good the first time, but why are you still watching that? Like, she has no connection to that world, so... Yeah, I watch it all the time, too. Yeah, and, hey, it's, and, I, and I like uh, that because I actually play video games, so I got a lot of references. I enjoyed it, so it's not like I'm a non-video gamer type of a person, but it just frustrates me when you just shit on everything that the general population yeah, likes. and you're 32, dog. You're 32. That's what nerds do, and I feel like nerds, because in my job, I deal with a few different nerd subcultures, because um, I covered soccer for a while, and there's all these yeah. out there. <laughs> um, so, so nerds have this really, really uh, tortured and like dichotomous relationship with like mainstream attention, right? Because yeah. nerds have this little thing that, that they've loved, for, like soccer nerds, they've loved soccer forever, and they really resent the mainstream media for not paying attention to soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when the mainstream media starts paying attention to soccer, the nerds, A, resent the mainstream media for taking so long uh, to pay attention to soccer, and then B, resent the mainstream media for trying to jump on soccer when it's hot. You guys don't really love soccer. We loved it when nobody else loved it. So now you're exactly. intruding on our culture. Now, and then if you in the mainstream media happen to actually know about soccer or make sense or say something or write something that makes sense about soccer, the nerds still have to tell you that you suck because they feel like by by acknowledging you, um, that they lose some of their power, right? Yeah, and this is what nerds do. They get together in their little groups and they decide and they talk amongst themselves and they decide they're smarter than everyone else. And the way they show that they're smarter than everyone else is by saying that everything sucks. You suck, you suck, this sucks, this sucks, that sucks. Um, so then for, for them to say something different, well, that's actually pretty good. Uh, yeah. is to invite the scorn of all the rest of their nerd friends. So they don't do that. So the same dynamic is at work with these, with these movies. It's like what I said about sports. Hate is a bandwagon. And nobody yeah. ever talks about it, but it's the biggest fucking bandwagon. Like, yeah, yes. hating also, somebody immediately aligns you with, like, say you say you're hating somebody in the NBA, you're immediately aligned with 31 other people that aren't that one team's fans. You know, see James LeBron in the Heat. I, right. I still don't understand that shit. 
Like, well, oh, 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 I don't want to get into the LeBron shit again. Please, no. no. <laughs> but, but the thing, the thing is also with the sports tie, and I was gonna say to uh, to Morgan, uh, there's a lot of people who participate in sports like it's really made for. Like, I think one of the worst things that's happened to sports in my, and maybe it's always happened, but the internet has fostered it, and Sports Center becoming or ESPN becoming a 24-hour network has has really fostered it. But the uh, community around sports is very hateful, even when they yeah. know they'll hate something. They're, like the ratings for the Heat were spiked because people hate him so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with LeBron, um, and 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 also just like the in general, it's really for ten year olds. Like as much like as much as we can make of it, you know, because you can analyze it and. But if you're taking it like really, really serious, like you have a bad day at work because your team lost, dog, you're yeah, you're 32. You're 32, yeah, dog. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you, like I would listen to a dude sit on the sideline of a basketball court and spit a bunch of venomous, uh, vitriol about, uh, LeBron James changing teams one day and I just had to stop him and was like, dog, we, we adults. You, you got we, your we own grown. life. We grown, dog. Like, have you hugged your son today? <laughs> yes. And, and my thing is that I love basketball. I love football. I love sports. But the two teams that I like the most fucking suck. You will not see me crying over the Bobcats, and you will not see me crying over the Carolina Panthers. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's kind of like an opt-in thing. Like, hey, when shit is going good, because people um, are like, the bandwagon fans are the worst. No, the bandwagon fans no. fucking get it. Yes. They are there for the good times. Yes. Mm-hmm. The they don't end. care nothing about the bad times. Yeah, you're like, hey, man, Cleveland sucks. Yeah, man, I know. I'm not watching any of those games. No. Like, you know? <laughs> like for me, I'm my some of my family's up in Washington, so I'm a Seattle Mariners in Seattle Seahawks fan, which means I give a fuck about baseball for about four games, and then I give a fuck about football for about eight. When we're not in the runnings anymore, you can talk to me. You can talk whatever trash you want. The white folks come up to me because you know the 49ers are out here and they're in the same division, whatever the hell. And they'll come to me, hey, your Seahawks are really getting their ass kicked, aren't they? I'm like, yeah. Are right. you going to get a little bit mad about it? No. no, that's, no I'm, I'm, not yes. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. My dad said he down to me the best way. He was like, you know what? If you lost your house, they're not going to come and pay your bills. So you need to keep this real casual as a fan. Just just watch them afar because they're not going to thank you for helping them out, and they're not going to help you out. So take care of your own business. Yeah. What were you going to say, Morgan? I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, like, so people criticize bandwagon fans. But bandwagon haters always have other people to, to to co-sign with them and support them, and like I didn't I didn't see all these people who who came out of the woodwork and decided they hated Miami during the playoffs. I didn't see people criticizing them, saying, "Hey, wait a minute, you didn't hate Miami all year. You ain't got no right to hate them now." Right. Um, but I think like the the hate culture that surrounds sports is really out of control and you know i think twitter has a lot to do with that because people now immediately not only can can not only can feel some hatred but can broadcast it and throw it out into the universe and then immediately find people that think the same way as they do yeah um and it just goes on and on and um because so many athletes are on twitter you can add people and now you not only are just spewing your hatred out to the universe you can direct it at people I'm not realizing that a lot of times there's um, a human being on the other side of that, yeah. um, and, and they might be reading it, um, you know. But, but the world is full of like these internet tough guys, and will say whatever they want, you know, behind some um, alias 
on Twitter, you know, and directed at the LeBron James. Yeah, that's why I, I used I started a train one time, I, I, and I, I guess it fell off, but it was cubicle tough guy. And it was during uh during the Jay Cutler game where people were like, Man, you gotta walk that off and get back in the game. If you can stand, you should be able to run. And I was like, apparently these people don't understand the mechanics. They don't understand the mechanics of standing and running. They're actually two separate activities yes. and one does not lead to the other, actually. <laughs> they can be totally separate. But uh yeah, anyway, man, we gotta do articles, so I'm gonna leave that subject alone. But nerds, calm down. Um Alright, man, so this grandma well, I gotta find somehow you're open like in a different window, man. Really? I can't find the articles you sent me. Oh, it's in the text uh, at the bottom. There should yes. be like a little bubble, Th- like a thought bubble. Yeah. Oh, and hold on, I'm dude. Send me those again, cause I'm. All right. I'm getting articles from like April and stuff. What about now? Scroll to the bottom, very bottom. <laughs> so uh, here we go. Smoking gun. There we go. Got all right, it. there you go, bro. All right. Um. Alright, so this granny got busted apparently because um, her grandson ate too much bacon at breakfast. Okay. And she's 63 and she decided uh, she chased the boy out of her Pennsylvania home, pinned him down on the front lawn, where she blasted him in the face with a garden hose. <laughs> she ate too much bacon? That's right, Karen. Apparently, uh, no paws on the pork for uh, her grandson. He was. The pig did not stand for paws on the pork. It's no, good. Did, did, did she mistakenly think he was the pig that was trying to wash him off? <laughs> oh, uh, she was Mar- Marilee, which is an old woman's name. Yes, that is. Like, oh, oh why, why do old people get, like, just certain names? You're like, oh, she's definitely over 60. Of course. Uh, Marilee. Say that again, yeah. Rashawn. Oh, saying Agnes. Yeah. <laughs> Another one. Marilee Ann Kolinich. Was born was busted Tuesday evening on endangering the welfare of a child in simple assault, harassment, and disorderly conduct charges. Her grandson, nine, was not injured during the attack. That seems like a lot of charges for somebody that wasn't hurt, though. They go crazy when you do something to the kids. That's true. That's true. Ask John Wayne Gacy. Uh, Go ahead, Karen. She could have just said, son, you can't have no damn more bacon? Apparently, she had to hose his ass off. Uh, Let's see. The officer James Press noted that the child stated that he had been getting tortured by his grandmother all day for an incident that took place during breakfast. She wouldn't let the shit go. Damn. <laughs> Granny was hot. She had planned on making a BLT. That nigga ate all the bacon. She was mad at him. I feel like oh. this is, uh, this calls to mind, like, most deaf mathematics, like, uh, why did one straw break the camel's back? Here's a secret. A million other straws underneath it. I feel like there's nine like years. The day before, like the day before he ate all the no, cake. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, maybe there's like nine years of resentment. Apparently, it's like all of them living in the same house. Maybe the grandmother is just wanting to enjoy her retirement. Nine years of resentment uh, building up. Because otherwise, why? Because this is pretty extreme. Yes. So yeah. like, she tapped him. Yeah. Pinned him to the ground. Beat. Beat his legs and then sprayed him with water at a very close range to his face. Yeah, I'm, I just I, she wanted to give him over the years, but never had a chance to, and it just kind of all. Yeah, you know, somewhere Ike Turner is listening. Like, damn, why didn't I think of that? That didn't even leave marks. So, so what you're saying, Morgan, is that somewhere she has like a diary, and she's just like, dear diary, I wanted to just punch that little nigga in the throat, basically, but I'm gonna let her pass, and that's like for six weeks, <laughs> and then finally, her next diary entry is dear diary, breaking point, <laughs> she just, I, I can't, I can't imagine somebody doing this to a kid, but at the same time, 
I can't be mad at her for doing this to a kid because kids are punk asses. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think my kids are great, but I think every other fucking kid in the world sucks. So, I can see a kid like, she's like, Junior, put down that bacon. And he's like, no! And she's like, Junior, that's my last piece of bacon. I really wanted to eat that. Fuck you, Granny! And he eats it and he's smiling. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? You old. I like to do hood rat things. <laughs> and water doesn't leave any punching marks. So she gotta, she's smart with that. Um, okay, so this man um, is facing felony sexual assault charges after police say he raped a woman while she was unconscious on a city sidewalk in broad daylight. Damn, she got drunk early. Damn it. Uh, oh, I've been a prosecutor a long time. So you kind of get to the point where not a lot surprises you, said Jackson County Prosecutor Gene Peters Baker. Uh, the defendant's statement in this case is troubling. Wait a minute. So is he saying he's not surprised by this or what? Because <laughs> wow. I think this is kind of a big... I would be like, yes, I'm, I'm at least a little surprised. A little bit. Melvin Jackson is charged with a felony account of sexual assault. Um, police say the victim was walking with a friend near 34th and Truce when she became dizzy and sat down and then passed out. A short time later, a man ran over to a nearby business and said someone was being assaulted outside. So what, what happened to her friend? No, yeah, there's, there's something missing in the narrative there. She becomes busy and dizzy and sits down and passes out. A short yeah. time later, a man, where's the friend unless Jackson was the friend? Right, and I don't have any um friends that I would either A, they pass out and I would start raping them in broad daylight, or B, I would leave on the ground passed out and just walk away. Like, oh well, that's just proof that women never listen. That's just you all I'm I, I just, when you, when you, reading this story, and again, single simulcast at gmail.com, it just pops up. G money from fucking New Jack City. That's how you rape a motherfucker. You just pull up on him in broad daylight and just. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the, the real question here is, and I think you know Dark Hater listens to our podcast, so I'm sure he's wondering what was she wearing. You know, obviously controversy. This is her fault. You know, hey. controversy. <laughs> I'm just wondering what kind of neighborhood this is. Um, so this assault continues until what? Until the police drive by? Well, it says there were witnesses that saw this happening, and apparently okay, they yeah, ain't shit. The <laughs> woman told, yeah, the woman told <laughs> investigators she screamed at Jackson, who then pulled up his pants. I'm saying that's what that kills me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There were witnesses that saw this happening. They stepped up and they reported it. They stepped up and they reported it. They gave help to this woman. That's not the kind of help she needed, no, sir. No, 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 no. Yeah, this, this, this is helping after the fact. They she, stepped up yeah. and reported it. They witnessed yep. it. They sat there, watched it, and 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 Jackson clearly <laughs> is pretty shameless because the 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 mere fact of an audience doesn't deter him. But when the audience, right. creepy, y'all are missing the most important fact of this. What's this? The fact is that when the cop asked him why his pants was unzipped, he said he thought the lady was fucking dead. Well, wait a skip forward in the story. Wait to skip forward in the story and mess it up. Yeah, we're gonna warn you. Don't if you read further <laughs> on, don't ruin it. I'm sorry. Yeah, don't ruin the joke. Uh, so the, it's all good. So the woman from the mess with you, babe. The woman from the business <laughs> ran out and saw the victim lying on the ground. She told police Jackson sex. She saw Jackson sexually assaulting her with her pants and underwear around his ankles. I mean, with his pants and underwear around his ankles. The woman told investigators she screamed at Jackson, who then pulled his pants up and walked away, which is a decent thing to do. Because once, <laughs> once she said no, it's like okay, party's over. I'm sorry, ma'am. He went to the Q shack across the street and got some ribs and thought yeah. about what he had done. Things got a little carried away. 
Okay, I was out of control, and I'm glad you said that and brought me back. Um, <laughs> a police car happened to be yes. driving by. You know, it's nothing like a good penis to bring a woman back to life. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what he, that's what he should have said. I have a magical penis. She was in need of my assistance, and my penis is the only thing that gives life. Hold on, y'all. She might be paralyzed. If you can feel me, tap twice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know CPR, but I do have a dick. <laughs> and uh, police uh, car happened to be driving. So after all these people called the police, the police that came over was just a car that happened to be driving by. Nine one one is a joke. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was flagged down. So the officer called the ambulance and detained Jackson. When Jackson asked, was asked by the officer why his parents were zipped, he said he thought the lady was dead. Um, and the dude said, "There's a this is a new one. He's never seen that. That's what Baker said, and uh, that's what she said. And Jackson is in jail on seventy thousand dollars cash bond. So them people standing around watching that ain't shit. I'm sorry. Yeah, well that's why you know I tell people if you're gonna go out raping people in broad daylight, make sure make sure you're a French presidential candidate. That's all I'm saying. Cause then you can then you can get people in the press." To slander that woman's reputation and you'll be out scot-free with no bond i mean but this guy clearly went about it the wrong way he should have used the uh de chapelle manner of getting out of him and been like i'm sorry sir i didn't know i couldn't do that it may have worked for him <laughs> uh, i think that only works for white people he looked kind of back in that picture i'm just looking at the the, the portrait that this paints of this neighborhood just <laughs> 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 routinely pass out on the street and 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 people think it's like kind of normal like he he can have sex with this unconscious woman in the street and doesn't think it's unusual until somebody screams at him and that the police call you call the police but they don't necessarily come as a result of your call they just might be driving through yes and that he thought she was dead like so this is a neighborhood where there's just routinely dead people on the street and if the police aren't around it's i guess okay to have sex with them i mean because they're not using this neighborhood and the other thing is what the fuck happened to your friend? What the and, fuck and happened to your friend? <laughs> we, not, we haven't established that. She's walking with the friend. She's the one who went and got him. She was like, hey, hey, I, I promised you. I promised you this. Oh, I'm thinking Melvin was the friend. That's the only way I can put it together. <laughs> right. I think, this, I think this is a deal breaker in our friendship if I pass out and you let me get raped. And broad daylight. I think we're probably not going to kick it anymore. Um, Alright, so I, I just thought this was very ironic. Um, I'm not even reading this bullshit because I'm not dignifying Shawnee O'Neal with uh, actual commentary, but she wrote a piece. Shawnee O'Neal, the ex-wife of Shaquille O'Neal, producer, executive producer of VH1's reality show, The Basketball Wives, as I like Wait, to call it. Wait, hold on. Is this headline a joke? No. no. I was going to say that. No. <laughs> uh, apparently, she wrote a commentary for CNN because they needed to legitimize her by giving her a real outlet uh, from a reputable news source. Wow. And the title of it is Negative Portrayals of Black Women on TV. <clears throat> on reality TV. On reality TV. Um, Shawnee, Shawnee, you are, you are she the queen of producing it. the negative portrayals of black women on reality TV. It, it's, it's actually you. So, uh, I'm not, I'm not reading the rest of this shit, but get the fuck out of here. You guys can go find it on CNN and read it for yourselves, cause. Oh, she's getting on the moral high ground. She's like, this new generation of reality TV. Yes. Now it's out of control since I'm not getting checked. Old school pioneers like her. 
Right. <laughs> it's like the first rappers and shit. What about us? Yes. Look out for Melly Mel, man. What's up? Um, I thought this story was cute. Um, the, the apparently the police chief says is uh they have sexy cafes that need to clean up by Friday. Uh, in Garden Grove, uh, Orange County Register. So is that California? Oh, I thought yep. that was a. Uh, in- no, uh, Orange County, California. Yeah, this is Cali. Cali. Oh, God, I gotta go south. Yeah. <laughs> Garden Grove, the city's sexy lingerie cafes have less than a week to comply with the new ordinance, which will essentially ban nudity, arcade games, smoking, and dark tinted windows at the establishment. Well, they have to take it off, ain't they? Yeah, I go. That's a speakeasy. Last month, the city council modified a city ordinance to include specific regulations on arcade arcade games, smoking, and how much skin waitresses can show at the Vietnamese cafes, which are Little Saigon's best-kept secret. Uh, Police Chief Kevin Rainey, who went went to the council with the amended ordinance, said police have been distributing copies of the ordinance to the coffee houses over the past several days. The ordinance went into effect Friday, but cafes will get a week grace period to get into compliance. So you know business is going to be off the chain this week. They, they got to buy some new clothes. Now, this is the time to go. Is what I'm, Get it while you can. Yes. <laughs> um, officials say there are 37 of these coffee houses in Garden Grove. Of course, there's a lot of them because, I mean, how could they go out of business? Uh, it's basically Hooters, but with Asian people. Uh, Rainey told council members that the cafes have become notorious for gang activity and waitresses who wear nothing under their sheer dresses. Hmm. And that, okay. The ordinance requires waitresses not to expose the area of their breasts below the areola. Well, cool. That's all that I need to see anyway. Basically. What? Like, no oh, we got, we got to the nipple. Unless they mean the top of the areola, which is bullshit. Which the, that's a waste. Yeah, hopefully they're, they're counting by the bottom. <laughs> once we get to the bottom of the areola, ladies, I'm good. Um, police also found that a number of the cafes rigged regular arcade machines for gambling. Ah, uh, now we're getting to why the shit was... Yes, you can't be making no money. <laughs> You can't be making no money in the town and the and the, and the, and the, uh, the state's not getting none, money. brother. Exactly. That's all it was, the money. That should have been the lead. Yeah. They, they shut down the gambling. Yeah, they don't so, give a about titties and ass. So when they say regular arcade machines, are they talking like if you get 10,000 points on Frogger, you get $5? Is is this like... <laughs> yeah, I don't... What, what? Uber for cash? I mean... <laughs> Well, no, what it I, is I can't that call a, 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 a an arcade machine that didn't just take your money. And well, the what, fact that you could get a payoff from playing an arcade machine—that's a bigger bonus than any of us ever got growing up. Basically, but they're talking about a game like Twenty One and yeah, some bars have these things. At least down south, arcade machines. Yeah, yeah. they have, and they're actually like oh. gambling machines. They're not even like arcade. They're really mm-hmm. just a reason to sit down and gamble and 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 you play like 21 blackjack poker um um, things like that so what they did was with a smartphone app you can actually convert it to a gambling machine uh with the push of a button and uh they were then i guess actually you can uh get more they said 200 illegal gambling machines and more than 145 thousand dollars in cash when they uh, caught him, so apparently people were literally uh, gambling. Uh, really of course they were. Why else would you tent the windows? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, because they're the windows for their titties. 
I'm saying they're showing above the areola, so they didn't tint the window for that. They, you know. No, below the areola is the only thing you can't show. I'm, Wait, I'm is just like baseline. No, your areola is the circle around your the nipple. Circle, so the bottom of the circle. Yeah. <laughs> so everything below your your the nipple you can show. Why didn't they just show. say that versus using the fucking big ass word? Because we needed to know exact. Listen, Karen, as a man, and I'm sure Morgan and Rashani agree. I need to know exactly where the titty stopped. I need, we to, need know. to know. We need to know why it's wrong. Like, you know, the sheer dress, that's fine, but the areola, like, is it the top or are we going quarter down? You know? <laughs> yeah, I needed the vision in my head to complete the. <laughs> I, I got it. <laughs> Alright, so, um, Battle Creek Inquirer, because, you know, there's a lot of inquiries going on in Battle Creek. A Battle Creek man convicted of having sex with the sheep five years ago. Oh. Um,. Doesn't it seem weird? I hate when words are plural for themselves. Cause like I, it feels like it should be something other than a sheet. Or if it's gonna be more of them, it should be sheets. You know, whatever. America, we have the best language. Uh, having sex with a sheep five years ago was arrested uh, early Friday and charged with breaking into the Emmett Township stockyard, which is where they keep what care? Sheep. Yep. Uh, Jeffrey Haynes, 48, was arraigned. He's a little too old to be dating sheep, but whatever. Was arraigned Friday afternoon. He like that wool. You get free wool, dog. Uh, it was arraigned uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, charges of breaking and entering the Farmer's Livestock market, Marketing Service. <laughs> Farmer's Livestock has a marketing service wow. at uh, 833 East Emmett Street. And resisting arrest uh, after police said he attempted to flee. Oh. Uh, he served a prison sentence after pleading no contest in 2006 to sodomy with a sheep. With a sheep or of a sheep? I think it's oh, of a man, sheep. With. So, so sodomy with a sheep, like, that implies <laughs> that the sheep was kind of, um, compliant. Willing. In it, willing, yeah. Yeah, it was at least <laughs> in what happened was this sheep was walking through the barnyard with its friend and it passed out right there <laughs> on, the, on the side of the barn and its friend took off and this dude thought it was dead. <laughs> yeah. In, the, in that case, Haynes was arrested by Battle Creek Police after investigators determined he had had yes, they have. He had had in an article. Uh, he had had sex with the sheep in Bedford Township Barn on January 26, 2005. He was released uh, from parole in May, so this motherfucker couldn't you know, wait to baby, get back on his shit. I'm sheet. like you. It's enough people that do this that they got to have laws in the books for this shit. Yes. Uh, they uh, officers went to the live. You think? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He was yeah. Nah, parole. So does that mean he was? So does that mean that was when he got out of jail? Or does that mean that that was he? That was when he stopped being under state supervision, but he had been out of jail before. Oh, yeah, it says release okay. from parole, so yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah I I'll guess he was in jail for all five years for the, um... Dude, Mike Tyson did three years for raping a woman. I, it's, it's hard for me to believe this dude did five for, um... Raping a sheep. Sorry, no, sorry, with the sheep. I don't want to be right. Again, they like, make this... Sodomy with ah! a sheep almost implies that I use a sheep to sodomize a person. No! <laughs> oh, you sodomized me with a sheep! Damn! <laughs> It was so soft and How could you be so evil and so kind? Hey, that was what that was what's gonna be in the sequel of N Too Deep. Uh, LL Cool J was gonna bend somebody over a pool table and just shove a sheep calf up. Oh God, <laughs> um, that's a sheep hoof, man. Oh, but you know this. I'm pretty 
confident in saying that this is the type of stuff that will never happen to a black person. Well, it could have been a, a generalization. Sheep. How do you know it wasn't a black sheep? It obviously hey, was <laughs> outcast of the family. <laughs> and my thing, more itches. Right. Well, apparently this dude... Uh, Anyway, man, this dude fucked the sheep. I, I can't believe I'm going so far into detail. This is a long-ass <laughs> story. Hey, and there's people... The problem is, Rod, right now there's people sitting at the sitting in their bathroom listening to your podcast like, don't stop. Yeah, all right, so they went to <laughs> Where check on... Where was the on, Ariola at, Rod? <laughs> they, went to check on a, they went to check on a burglar alarm to sum it up. It was at 3.23 a.m., and when they found him, he was actually in the kitchen, and uh, he had taken, like... Uh, he used a screwdriver to pry open a door... And he took a six pack of chocolate donuts and cheese Danish. And oh, that's how you draw them out. Well, of course he took cheese, cause guess what color he was. Anyway, he was white. And the yeah, cheese. he took cheese Danish. There was probably all kinds of delicious yes. Danishes yes. in the fridge. See, see, the sheep had to be white too, because the sheep was black and had malt liquor. Oh, <laughs> care. care. Anyway, so like I was saying. <laughs> So like I was saying, this uh so then they caught him and the thing that's funny to me is they don't believe that he was there to get food. Like even if he was stealing food and that is what they caught him red handed doing, they were like, Nah man, Mm-mm. we know you was here to fuck them sheep, dog. Yeah. Like that's just that's hilarious to me. Um Now uh, now the the next question that I have to ask is did they bring what did they bring CSI out and they were like, We've determined that you like how the hell did they never mind fuck it i'm done all right, all right. so police um this uh, another quick one this dude old rent um so this 58 year old man is in jail this morning over aggravated battery charges that the police say he lit his roommate's boxes on fire during an argument over rent money Ooh. yeah uh he, he's oh, basically he got the money in the box dang it <laughs> He de- <laughs> it wasn't in the shoebox. It was in his boxers. Really? Uh, maybe he just misunderstood that. He's like, the money is in the box. He's like, it's in your Oh, the boxer is. Sorry. Okay, I got it. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, when the responding officer arrived, 52 year old Ronald Rose said he and Steinberg were arguing over money, uh, rent money, when Steinberg left the room. I know that there's all kinds of inappropriate Jewish jokes there. I don't make those kinds of jokes, guys. Let's do another podcast. <laughs> Left the room and returned with he returned with rubbing alcohol. During the argument, Steinberg poured out alcohol over road, and the as the report stated, and uh, a witness to the argument attempted to break up the fight, but was pushed aside by two fifty year olds. Damn, you weak. That was strong. Old man, I'm trying to tell you. As the struggle continued, Rose said Steinberg cut his back with a screwdriver. Oh. Yeah, and then he says he noticed that his boxer shorts were on fire. What? And he immediately took them off and changed, and he was taken to the hospital for minor and moderate burns. That still doesn't make any sense. That that skipped something. Exactly. That's what makes How no sense, and here's why. If somebody pours rubbing alcohol all over me, they pour it on me, and they light a match, it's going to be a lot more than my boxers on fire. Any part of me who's got alcohol on me is going to blow up. <laughs> Right. So Rhodes telling us the story, man. Oh, something crazy happened. So yeah, I need evidence or something. Some these old men are too ratchet to be doing this shit, though. I know that much. Man, don't ever knock on wood. I just hope I'm never at the point in my life where I'm 58 years old. And I got a 52 year old roommate. 
And it's Exactly. We are not married. We are not having sex. And you're arguing over ranch. And you know what? Yo. He came out like, you know what? I'm going to give you two choices. You can pay my rent or you can lay down. You can either get down or lay down. I just want to picture the thought process of how angry he had to get to get the alcohol. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like at some point in his mind, he was like, you know what? You know what, motherfucker? You, you, you're not going to pay me? Right? Okay. Word? Word? I'm getting Watch the alcohol. This. I'm getting the rubber alcohol. <laughs> I'll be right back, bitch. We're going to see what's up then when your box is on fire. Um... <laughs> This is just a story about Cray Cray, uh, and this is a sad, sad story. Uh, this twenty one, this 26-year-old woman was reported missing a month ago. At this, uh, and basically um, what happened was she got fired from her job, and she was told not to come back because she was acting erratic. And they called, um, like, somebody to come pick her up. But when they came to go pick her, uh, when they came to pick her up, she had walked, like, five blocks to a, somewhere else, some shit. So they didn't, they couldn't find her. And then they just never found her again. Wow. Right, right. Now, remember, she was cray-cray. The reason she actually got sent home for work was because she was acting erratic. Okay. So, what happens is she uh, apparently did not have a cell phone. And she decided to go and see one of the employees at the restaurant she was not supposed to go back to. Oh. So, she tried to get in and, um, you know, through a side door. And then she tried to enter through a door in the parking garage about 9 p.m. Oh. Uh, and uh, apparently they don't. They, they said they don't know why she didn't go in the front door, but I think she was kicked out. So yeah. she was trying to meet this employee. So she decided. Uh, I guess she's never watched Mythbusters, Mythbusters, but she decided to climb through the ventilation shaft in the parking garage oh. into the restaurant. Oh. I was about to say, man, look, that's a myth. Like you said, I, I don't watch Mythbusters, but just off the top of my head, those TV shows are full of shit. Yeah, so she decided to go all die hard and climb into this ventilation duct. And, you know, between the first and the second floor, there's like a pretty steep drop. Yes, it is. So she dropped, fell down there or whatever, and she was too short to climb back up. Oh. Mm. And she didn't have a cell phone. Oh. So she just, like starved and thirsted to death in, over like the course of a few days and they just found her body she after yelled, months of searching after a month of searching beat, but I, but I, I mean even like who can hear you that's true too yeah I, but uh, uh, well it might not have happened to after she died but to the ventilation system yeah die in the ventilation system yep you're gonna start smelling you're gonna start right. smelling if it's the ventilation system, wouldn't it start blowing some of that uh, stench around? Yes. So, hey, wait a minute. What's this smell? Yeah. Especially after a month. Yeah, you would think it would happen before a month. Exactly. And they but. said that the area is located in a part of the building where they are not, that is not readily accessible to anyone. So wow. noises inside the duct could not be heard. Wow. Yeah, they said maintenance workers found personal items belonging to minor near an exhaust vent grate on the top floor of the garage, parking garage attached to the Northwood Tower building where the restaurant is located on the first floor. Uh, on June 7th, Miner's family and BK filed a missing per- person report with their with their police department. Miner's sister, Kaylin Miner, filed a missing person report with the Austin police June 20th. So, like, she died... Like, June 2nd is when they found her items. And, like, the thing is, she's cray-cray, so no one would ever think, like, maybe she climbed in a ventilation duct? 
You know, you would just think like, oh, somebody you know, lost yes. and found, right? People don't. Even if she wasn't crazy, you wouldn't think she would climb in the ventilation duct. Because if she wasn't crazy, then she would understand. You can't just climb in a duct and it's just going to take you right to where you want to yeah, go. Yeah, and, the, and you the actually thing, have to have a map of the, the, the layout. And it yeah, takes a while to put out a missing person report anyway. So it's not like, you know, it's instantaneous. Like, she's missing. Let's find her. It's like, no, you find out that those things were from a, a chick who was missing four five days later then you wonder is that an abduction is a kidnapping let's check the film and then eventually it's like wait a minute is she climbing a vent and then you find out she's crazy yes um so there was a wedding and this dude saw the wedding reception uh across the street and he was in his hotel room and he decided to expose himself to the wedding party from his hotel room wow yep he exposed himself to party goers Despite warnings from the hotel staff, guests told the police that Northcutt was nude in the front of the long length window and followed themselves <laughs> several times. Nothing's more sexually arousing than a wedding reception. Wow. I think we've all been there, fellas. It's hard to keep it in your pants. It is hard. But we all fight the good fight, sir. So, Mr. Northcutt, I do not, I do not agree with what you did. So he's being held on five thousand dollars bail, which is, you know, uh, once again more than Strauss Kyle has right now. Um, <laughs> another quick story. This is also sad. This lady accidentally killed her baby with her breast milk. Oh, how yes. did this happen? Well, well the liberals are going to take go crazy on that one. You think this is the same breast milk that that woman sprayed on the cops the other of day? That was that deadly stuff. Breast milk is getting more and more dangerous, man. I know. But <laughs> anyway, I wanted to. I just want to give y'all this warning. Listen, if you're on drugs, don't breastfeed your baby. That's all. That's all. That's all I want to say about this story. I don't need to read the grisly details. Don't feed your baby drugs. The doctor tells you that when they give you something, they're like, you know what? Don't take aspirin or anything of that nature. So this woman heard the doctor and was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm doing it on my own. I'm gonna give it a shot. Alcohol, any of that stuff. But at the same time. Gay people can't get married because it's bad for the children. Right. <laughs> well, you know, what's sexual by definition, necessarily your kids have to be better off, right? Well, men can't breastfeed, Morgan. Right. Somebody tried to tell and me that as an argument against it. Well, well, listen, two men can't reproduce and two women can't reproduce. So they shouldn't even be able to get married. I was like, I didn't even know the purpose of getting married was to have kids because apparently I, me and Karen can't be married. We don't right. want to have kids. We sure don't. What about old people? What about old people to get married? You know, in their sixties, they can't have kids. Are we yeah. them they can't have kids. They can't get married because they can't have kids. You cannot apply log- logic to bigotry. People just nope. need to calm down. Um. Uh. So speaking of logic, this uh, in New York motorcyclist died on a ride protesting the helmet law. Guess what he wasn't oh, wearing? A helmet. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but goddamn. That's, right. <laughs> That's what it gets. <laughs> The law is to protect you, idiot. Police say a motorcyclist participating in a protest ride against helmet laws in upstate New York died after he flipped over the bike's handlebars and hit his head on the pavement. The accident happened on Saturday afternoon in the town of Onondaga in central New York near Syracuse. State troopers tell the post standard of Syracuse that 55-year-old, way too old to be acting a fool, 55-year-old <laughs> Philip A. Contos of Parrish, New York, was driving his 1983 Harley-Davidson with a group of bikers who were protesting the helmet laws by not wearing helmets. 
Troopers say Kantos hit the brakes and the motorcycle fishtail. The bike spun out of control and Kantos toppled over the handlebars and he was pronounced dead at the hospital. Troopers say Kantos would have likely have survived if he had been wearing a helmet. Um, I guarantee he's going to be a billboard in like a year. They'll wait for it to die down, but in that, in that uh, city, they'll have at least one billboard with him being a cautionary tale. I tell you one thing, if I was them other people and I seen that shit happen, I think I would be wearing a helmet. Everybody pulled out a helmet like... You know they did. <laughs> exactly. Man, you better get that helmet out of my trunk. Oh, this is why I'm married to Karen, because that was the joke I was going to say. Put your helmet on. Like, everybody just silently, like, put their helmets on and buckled them up. Like, oh, okay. There was one dude in the back of the rally who showed up late and he was wearing a fucking helmet from the very beginning and everybody was like, man, you know, you're, you're counterculture. And then at the end, he was like, see? Yeah, and like, you know, his family and children and shit. Now they got a girl without a father or a husband. They got a helmet. Because dad wanted to protest the helmet law. Like, of all the... Like, this is the ultimate tea party, get out of government, get out of yes, my business yes, bullshit. Right? I was about to say that. And, 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 the, and the thing, and me and Roger talked about this. Other parts of your body are made to regenerate. But your brain, that shit get a one-time ticket. That's it. <laughs> it don't yeah. reproduce, don't it fuck don't up come back. Brain, man. You know, your brain is kind of fucking important, man. Uh, I think maybe he becomes a martyr rather than a cautionary tale, right? And all his helmet, no helmet friends say, hey, at least, uh, what's his name? At least Philip died free from government tyranny. You know, he never, you know what? If they hadn't tried to pass a helmet law, he'd still be alive, Morgan. Yes, because he wouldn't have been riding. <laughs> he, wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been protesting. It's like that, I blame Obama for this shit. It's like that part in The Matrix where she's like, well, the real question is, would you have knocked over that plate if I hadn't said anything? You know, that's that's what this is going to become. Um, All right. Last story, because Karen, what have we not talked about so far? Swords. And of course, do you think something happened with swords this week? Oh, you know, it does every week. July 4th. Apparently, oh. this story is uh, ahead, uh, ahead of early. the time. Damn it. This shit, this shit happened tomorrow. Sword ratchetness is so bad, it happened in the future. Yes, it did. It said July 4th at 9.01 a.m. Um, so, a piece of delivery man has had a one meter long sword and a honey knife held to his throat during a robbery in Sydney's North Police Say. Uh-oh. That's right. Australia's sword ratchetness happens a day before ours. International? Oh, that's right. They, they, they are day ahead of us. The 20-year-old the 20-year-old driver went to Henry Street Ride before 11 p.m. yesterday and handed pizza and drinks to two women standing on the footpath. Police said two armed men emerged from the nearby park and held weapons, the weapons to his throat while another two men stood nearby. The driver handed over pizza and cash before the group ran into the park. Uh, officers searched the area but could not find the robbers. Obviously not. They were ninjas. Duh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they threw down a smoke pellet and just fucking disappeared. You know they did. Yeah. They uh, used a jitsu and disappeared. Yeah, they fla- they flashed up past him and they were gone. It's like, damn. <laughs> um, he handed them. He uh, he handed them. Oh, Gladville Crime Manager Detective Inspector Douglas Rabat said initial investigations uh, suggested the two women appeared to be the de- decoys. So they were in on the shit. Holy like maybe they had uh maybe they had a- the areola showing and that's how he yeah, got distracted. Yeah, but you gotta be a smart pizza man. Mm-mm, them titties ain't come between me and my cash and my tips. <laughs> 
Oh God! So uh, he handed uh, he handed them bottles of drinks, and then he was set upon by the two armed males. The driver was in shock after the attack. He was obviously shaken, and he sustained mo- some minor cuts to his finger and thumb, where he struggled with them. What? Struggle? I, I will never struggle over another man's money. Especially well, when you pull, especially you pull out a sword. I wouldn't need a sword and, and a hunting knife. Mm-mm. And and it's 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 a meter long. It's not just a yard long. It's a meter long. Like metric is longer. Like no 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 no. That is a but that is a horrible way to die. Of course I'm not. You should have the money. And on top of I that, I can't die by a sword. No. And no. on top of that, you fight over some shit that's FDIC insured. You're yeah. stupid. Shh. It's like uh what Chappelle said in Half Bake. I don't want to be the first nigga to die from a crossbow. That's how I would feel. <laughs> Pull out a fucking hunting knife and a, a fucking sword on me. It's like, of course you can have whatever it is. I'm not struggling with you. No. Oh, you know what? This this story comes from Australia, and Australians, um, they're a bellicose people. They're like they like to fight, so it doesn't surprise me that these guys run up on him and they're, just, they're all Australian. So he's like, okay, well we can fight over this until you realize it's not a good idea. You know, to fight with a dude with the sword and another dude with a hunting knife. Like, I'm pretty sure when he pulled out the sword, he said, that's not a knife. And <laughs> basically, they started fucking fighting and then that, that, that beer commercial came up. It's like, it's Australian for beer. And on top of that, <laughs> he's, he's dealing with dudes who just got finished skinning a crocodile. What is going on here? <laughs> uh, he was, that's a wrong fight to pick. Uh, investigators hope to find out the exact details of the robbery today and they take a, uh, the, when they take a formal statement from the driver. Uh, the incident followed two aggravated robberies of pizza delivery drivers in the eastern suburbs on Saturday night. A 21-year-old driver was parking his scooter on Edmond Street about 8.20 when two men grabbed him and stole his money pouch, phone, and scooter keys. Oh man, why y'all take his keys? Not the scooter, the keys. Wait, they didn't take the scooter because they were last seen running towards Victoria Street. Yes, they did take the scooter. They took those motherfuckers keys. That is the wrong... That's like that time that dude robbed my car and took the ashtray. Take the change. The ashtray is worthless to you. You don't have a car to put it in. Like, unless you stole my shit and you happened to drive a 96 Toyota Corolla at the time, then then none of this shit is helping you. It's just $100 I'm supposed to spend. Um, As the two men left, uh, as he left, two men approached him and said the delivery was there. Oh, yeah, about an hour later, a 28-year-old delivered two pieces to a home on Ocean Avenue at Double Bay. He was told no one there had ordered them. Oh, which is, should be sign number one. I would call the cops then. Immediately. At that point, yeah. As he left, two men approached him and said the delivery was theirs. The men tackled the driver to the ground, stole his cash bag before running through Stein Park. The two eastern suburb robberies are believed to be linked, but there is nothing to connect it to the robbery and the in ro- ride. The police, the spokes, police spokeswoman said, I guess there's no uh, swords or knives involved. Wow. Now, what I'm looking at is this. In both of these robberies, nobody took the fucking pizza, which means that this restaurant... No, the first one, the first one, they stole the pizza. No, they took the money pouch, phone, and scooter keys. No, that's, a, that's, that's the second one. The very first one with the swords and the, and the knife, they took the pizza, too, and drinks. Oh, well, then in that case, fuck it. This was just a kickback. They went The first time they stole the, the money and the drinks, the next time they stole the... Mm-mm. Yeah, no. Fuck Australia. I'm staying here in Cali where it's safe. Well, this is what happens in Obama's America. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and, and they so rash. This happened a day early for us. Yeah. 
Zora Ratchetness is now time and is violating the time space continuum. Yes, it is. <laughs> Gotta stop, y'all. All right, man. Well, this has been another episode of the Black Outfits Podcast. Of course, our boy, uh, uh, guest this time was, uh, uh, of course, the vocabulacious, uh, <laughs> Morgan P. Campbell. Yes. Uh, using all his vocabulary, we found out why he was stopped uh, a couple weeks yes, ago. I enjoyed that story. Being on the show. Yes. And, uh, of course... Shout out to my Uncle Ken, man, for solving that situation, man. If you want to hear more of him and his hijinks and his take on sports with yes. a couple other uh, Afro-Canadians, I think is what they go by, you can check out allballsdon'tbounce.com. You can go to all balls, search allballsdon'tbounceonpodomatic.com. Or the iTunes Music Store. Or the iTunes, iTunes Music Store. Check them out. And, uh, you know, it's a great show. I listen to it every week. So there's really no reason why you guys shouldn't be. Um, They're very funny, you know, especially if you want a different take on sports. Uh, and they talk about a range of sports. I'm talking, I'm learning shit about tennis, <laughs> boxing, <laughs> soccer. We talking about that the other day, yeah. Did you know the people that run soccer are corrupt as shit, Karen? <laughs> Listen to all balls don't bounce. And you other, will. In other countries, yes. Um, they take that seriously. And I haven't listened to this other brother's podcast. But I have been on a podcast with him before, and I have downloaded this podcast to listen to on my iPhone as of uh, a couple of days ago. I'm going to get on so it. So it's actually kind of fortuitous that he was on the show. But check out the single Samucast, which is uh, Rashani's podcast. Uh, you can go to uh, rashani.podbean.com or, or com or the iTunes store. And and can I, can I just... I, I know that y'all are like the leading purveyor of making up words. I just want to throw my own word out there that uh, I use, um, which is glom, G-L-O-M. To glom is when you are at a restaurant and you order something, right, and Karen reaches over and eats out your plate, she's gloming on your shit. So when my wife, when I go to McDonald's and I buy a supersized thing of french fries and I bring them home and my wife has only gotten a cheeseburger but she starts eating out of my fries she's glomming on my food now if more than one person starts glomming on your food that's a conglomerate and um, <laughs> if, if she's always glomming on your shit then she steps up from being just a glommer to an actual glomunist so <laughs> try and Try and use that in your conversation. Uh, tell your friends to stop glomming on your shit. When they look at you and ask you where you got that from, just say single simulcast of the movement, baby. And step right. back. So y'all check that out. And then, of course, wouldyoukindly.com. Check them out there. Um, and uh, follow these guys on Twitter. Uh, it's at Morgan P. Campbell. Where the P stands for what, Campbell? Karen. It oh. As far as I'm right. concerned, it's always pimping. Okay. What do you think it stands for, Morgan? Oh, this week? Uh, I don't even know. Podcast? Y'all caught me off guard. Alright, I'm going to say pugilistic uh, podcast. Oh, I got it. Okay, purveyor, go ahead. Purveyor of invented words because uh, Derek <laughs> Derek put this in my mind. I meant to get it to you about this, Rod, months ago when Ignorance came out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Sorry. We, we had a similar word. Uh, it was called niggatry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> The word, hey, listen, the stands is more, whatever Morgan's about to say is not about the Toronto Star. That's all. Go ahead, Morgan. I'm sorry. We're at this barbecue. Because uh, what happens in Toronto, sorry for the tangent, but uh, it'll be worth it. As, as Will said, uh, your sides are fine as long as the steak is good. But um, so we're we're at this barbecue. My boy used to date this like this Filipino chick, and like in Toronto, you have like these Filipino people. 
that act super Jamaican. And I'm sure you have them like in the Bay Area there, like Filipino people that act super black. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, we're at this barbecue with a bunch of these dudes. So it's like the chicks that was all Filipino, all the dudes was black. Um, and it was like a crew of them. It was just like extra, extra, extra stereotypical. So there was like this KFC, this bucket of KFC there, right? So I took like the second last piece. I gave my boy Kevin the last piece and I see this dude come over and he's peering in the bucket. And I, I know the bucket is empty because I gave the last piece to Kevin. And I see this dude reach into the bucket. I'm like, what the hell are you grabbing? That bucket is empty. This dude scraped the crumbs out oh. of the bucket onto his plate and then went and got some ketchup and put them on the crumbs of the KFC um, and started eating it. And Ooh. then went, oh, yeah. And we're looking at each other, and we were just trying to come up with a word for that type of behavior. Ah. And my boy, I'm just like, man, that is just, that's niggotry, man. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, that, yeah, that is a pretty, that is pretty uh, badass word, I guess. So, exactly. So the P stands for purveyor of invented words. So you, you can add that <laughs> vocab. So we got, so far from the show, we have, like, disasterbation, yeah. niggotry, <laughs> Uh, vocabulations, uh, glam. Like, we're just coming in. We're inventing off. We're gonna have a new language in like a year. And, and even... remember, if you're around white folks and you don't wanna say that your cousin was acting niggerish or was utilizing tons of niggotry, just call him a regin. White folks, oh, my, parents used to kill, oh my parents used to kill that. Yes, Reggie. Yes, it goes yes. directly over their head. My three year old went to his preschool a few days ago and called somebody a Reggie. And his teacher was like, His name isn't Reggie. And I was like, I know what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and we also, we also found out that, uh, that Rashani and Morgan's parents are very racist. Anyway, <laughs> don't forget to follow me and Karen on Twitter. I'm at Rodimus Prime. I'll say that again. That S D A T. And also, um, you know, go to theblackoutist.com. Make sure you email the show, theblackoutist at gmail.com. Call the show, 704-557-0186. Uh, as always, the show was sponsored by Shadow Dog Productions. They're looking yeah. for people that want to work and want money and shit. So you might want to check them out, you know, hint, hint. And um, I think that's it. So next show is with Will and Justin. Um, that show on should Thursday. Be, that show be live. live. Um, yeah. And, of course, happy 4th of July to everybody. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah. be hearing this tomorrow. USA, USA, yes. USA. And I must tell y'all, uh, me and Roger was really of y'all. This is a four-day holiday weekend, and we spent two of them recording. Yep. So, and I got to edit this shit. So... Until uh, Thursday, guys. I uh, love you. You too, baby. Mwah.
and out on the drug shit. Now it seems like I'm trapped inside a thug For shit. my thug niggas, just living their life. Dropping expensive cars, always got one wife. But they can hide the work at, hide the heat plus the work at. Most of y'all hoes know you're not worth that. And y'all know me, type of nigga play no D. I'm feeling like I'm in Hollywood. Green chronic make me feel good. Total recall the hood. Remember when niggas just do what they should. Now these niggas acting out of place, talking out they fucking face. Screaming how they real when they the snakes. Yo, this Titanic quote shit. Crack shit, broke all like vulgar talk. Why your imbecile still really think y'all 